Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. And you can text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1850104106. Well, no pints, no grubs served indoors for several weeks. Only the vaccinated to be allowed indoors in pubs and restaurants. Um, the government has been accused and criticized in terms in the mirror this morning like bananas, bonkers, devastating. Holy communions and confirmations have been postponed as well Uh, and as they say in the mirror and then England go and knock Germany out of the Euros. I think we're happy with that though aren't we? We're happy that England won their match last night. Well at least it's 22 degrees, 24 degrees and sunny I suppose as the mirror points out today Uh, but pubs and restaurants uh, dominate all of the papers today as expected and anticipated a huge blow when the Taoiseach told them indoor service is barred for several more weeks. And then, even then, only those fully vaccinated or those who've had COVID um, will be allowed in, which is kind of weird, really, because they'll be served by people, primarily young people, um, who won't have been vaccinated. And it's kind of doubly weird that you will find, I hope I can make sense out of this, that a young person working in hospitality, when hospitality works indoors, that young person hasn't been vaccinated, they'd be able to work indoors, but they themselves will never be able to be served or eat indoors. All that's very weird. There are different changes with regards to the uh, number of uh, people who can visit together once fully vaccinated. There's no limitations now on the fully vaccinated meeting and gathering together. And of course, weddings go up to uh, 50 from 25. Uh, but the, you know, the, the guidelines are that people should continue to work from home. But what I think is really bizarre is that on the 19th of July, we will have this EU digital COVID certificate. Uh, and Ireland will be part of that because we're in the European Union. So you will be able to travel um, on your holidays if you're fully vaccinated and you have this EU digital COVID cert. But the government is still saying don't. So left hand, right hand. They're saying, yeah, we are part of the EU. We are part of the EU digital certificate system. But we're actually recommending and advising people not to travel overseas for non-essential international travel. And that includes holidays. So uh, all of the papers have uh, uh, have different print-offs this morning and diagrams as to the changes at a glance. Uh, so, But no matter what, when you read, you'll come up with the same stuff. Uh, a lot of them also talk about the possible scenarios of the uh, Delta variant. Uh, So the uh, optimistic uh, case numbers, they're saying, this is Neffet talking now, right? Not me, Neffet. 81,000 cases, 250 deaths across the summer and the uh, early autumn. Uh, And then they go all the way up to the pessimistic, which is nearly 700,000 cases. And that's where we have the figure then of 2,170 deaths. They actually, I wonder sometimes do they give way too much minutiae and detail because they have five different case scenarios. Do we need all of those? But some are plunged into chaos as a front pager uh, making the uh, mail this morning. Return of eating and drinking indoors postponed. The pubs and restaurants feel betrayed. And of course, we have this vaccine passport. One wonders whether that would be workable or more to the point, whether it's fair on everybody. Because this morning, uh, the Sun call it shambolic and unfair. Um, it's kind of weird, actually, because across the border, you have um, indoor hospitality in pubs and restaurants in Northern Ireland opened since the 24th of May. And I think that maybe even technically, when you look at these things, I mean, you can go into a cinema for two hours now and you can sit down 
and you can have popcorn and you can have drink and you can have uh, whatever it is that you bring in with you for two hours inside in a cinema. I mean, that's really indoor dining, isn't it? Inside in a cinema for two hours in an enclosed area. So that's how bizarre all of this is. You couldn't make it up. Papers also talk about uh, a knife in the heart and that the uh, hospitality industry could be wiped out by the winter. Uh, I think Michael O'Donovan of the Vintners in his own pub, the Castle Inn, puts it very well this morning when he says, what's different in the north as opposed to down here. So you can feel his frustration. And then there's issues as to, well, don't you really think that it's time now, like the examiner is saying this morning, that the thousands and thousands of unvaccinated staff um, really should be prioritised in an effort to, you know, maybe pre- be prepared for whenever uh, things open up. But the UK's had a... Um, uh, I was, I was going to use the word surge, but I'd be, I'd be attacked for saying surge, but certainly an increase in the Delta variant COVID cases. Like yesterday was the second day in a row now that they had over 20,000 cases. And this is because of uh, uh, the Delta variant. And they also talked this morning uh, of Northern Ireland having an increase uh, also. But in Pakistan, they're taking the vaccine very seriously. And the Times UK this morning says that Pakistan is threatening to stop pay of civil servants and to suspend driving license uh, for anybody who's not vaccinated. Um, So they really are turning up the heat there. Can you imagine if they did something like that here? There are other stories making the papers today, including, in spite of all of the uh, the chaos and disappointment, apparently ice cream sales have gone through the roof. I mean, that makes sense, actually, when when you got good weather. And then the Echo this morning has a story. Uh, There's all sorts of fakers and scam artists out there, and uh, you would think that nobody would be ever caught because they're so obviously uh, fake and scam artists. But people do get caught. And the Echo this morning talks of a person who was duped out of 10,000 euro. And this incident was reported to the guards in recent days on Leaside. And it's one of several reports made to Cork RD. In this one, the victim received a phone call from a person who said that they were a guard and that they were involved in an atrocious crime. And they convinced the person to pay close to 10 grand which the fraudster claimed was owed in debts for outstanding warrants. And the person on the end of the phone believed and paid out nearly 10 grand from their bank account. Um, Netflix um, launched their three-parter tonight, so uh, the story of Sophie Toscander-Planty is all over the newspapers again today, including Ian Bailey, who has said that if um, Netflix don't drop his contributions to the show or to the three-part documentary, he will sue. He says, um, uh, if, if they don't, he says, I've got an S-hot legal team of pro bono solicitors and barristers, the likes of which you couldn't afford. So he's turning the heat up on Netflix. He wa- I've seen the Netflix one in advance, and I've seen his contributions. Not quite sure what he's terribly bothered about. It's, it's not as if there's anything particularly new in it. And Love Island's taken a bit of a hammering in the ratings. Um, Somebody said, described it last night to me and my daughter as just the greatest show in the world. Well, in her world, it's the greatest show in the world. But of course, it has to contend with uh, the Euros, England beating Germany, Wimbledon. So it's down a million on last year's season. So um, falling out of love with Love Ireland. Something that I'd love is a flying car. And Hyundai say by the end of the 20s, we will have a thing called urban air mobility, where you literally... Uh, will be flying around in the sky in your own motor car. It'll be a car that can go on the ground, on roads, and also by air. 
If you thought we had chaos now, wait for those to come along. The Neil Prenderville Show. Anyway, there's that and lots more besides, and a huge amount of texts actually um, since yesterday's program with regards to uh, the vaccinated, the unvaccinated, dining and hospitality and whatever. And I will come back to that and calls and emails as well. But um, of course, anyway, this this is our, our, our trusted leader yesterday. Given the increased transmissibility of the Delta variant, the safest way to now proceed with a return to indoor hospitality is to limit access to those who have been fully vaccinated or have recovered from COVID infection. All right, so that's just a clip of what he was saying. We were expecting it. Everything gets leaked and drip-fed, so it was kind of obvious what, what was going to happen. What they haven't done is given an actual date for indoor hospitality. They didn't say the 19th of July. What they have said is several weeks. Okay, uh, Philip uh, Gillivan is standing by the Shelburne Bar. Mike Ryan, a uh, regular contributor to this program, he's got five restaurants, and actually five restaurants, and some of them are restaurant bars in Cork and in Limerick, including Corn Store and Cockbull here on Lee Side. Mike, good morning. Morning, how are you? Uh, well, I'm well. Um, but you know what? Uh, you guys are using terms like shambolic, unfair, incredible, knife in the heart, chaotic, and unworkable. Uh, and these are fellow pretty, restaurateurs and publicans. Yeah, what? All pretty fair, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but what are they going to do? They, they, they just won't. They won't gamble on the Neffet predictions. You see. But are they saying so that none of this is going to happen if hospitality opens? They're Even saying... They're going to go ahead with international travel. You know, like, it doesn't make any sense. Even though the borders are open, Northern Ireland's fully open, people are travelling back and forth from the Republic into, into Northern Ireland and back and forth. Are they saying none of this is going to happen so because the, just hospitality stays closed? They're saying that the weeks that they're buying say three weeks or whatever, will make all the difference with regards to rolling out more vaccines, I guess, yeah? Well, I think if people, to be totally honest, if people were straight and tell us exactly what's happening, is it because they, there's a cohort of people that aren't vaccinated with the AstraZeneca? If, if that's the case, tell people. And people are more understanding. This is just, this is all, you know, we'll tell you drip-feeding information. If this is the case, I think people be understanding. But to have an open, unopened date, we'll have a plan by the 26th. There's nothing saying that they're going to be open by the 26th. Or we're going to be open by the 26th. But they'll have a plan. The plan should have been done 12 months plus ago. Not now. And they were a bit, and what they're suggesting now, they, were going to, they knocked on the head only a couple of weeks ago. Actually, it was only knocked on the head by Eamon Ryan. Four days ago. Now, listen, um, you, you, you guys and your, your, uh, your hospitality representatives are meeting uh, Leo Varadkar today, I believe, isn't it? He's sitting mm-hmm. down with hospitality yeah. and your reps. What's that meeting about? To try and reverse this? Or my understanding no, is I, well, to work out a pass going. system. Yeah, yeah. To, to, not a pass system, is it for the vaccination passes? Yes. Or, yeah. Well, see, this has all been thrown, this was thrown upon the government and us. So we don't know. It's actually to find out exactly what's happening with the government. Yesterday, Neffet laid down policy, not health advice, and where the government should have been making policy. So the Neffet, out of the blue, took sideswiped uh, the government, who should have known what was going to come down the tracks, and told them they were going to do it, that this should be done. And the government just took and ran, ran with it straight away. So, like I, I think the government will know more on today afterwards. But from what we've heard. 
I think even the government members were taken aback by this, even though they were all knocking it a few days ago. Actually, you're right, because some of the cabinet were told that they were completely sideswiped on this. They weren't expecting an effort to deliver these dire and dismal predictions. Yeah, but those predictions, you know, like a lot of a lot more knowledgeable people than me have asked for those like professors. Uh, in immunology, have actually asked for those those uh, numbers to be uh, verified by peer peer verification. So, like, they're pretty stark. And if they were correct, I think everyone should be worried. And I'm not saying they're not correct, but what are they based on? Like, there's a lot. There was a lot of people last night saying that what was act- what was actually put into the factor did they factor in that the schools are now out? You know that uh, you know did they factor in the amount of people that are in the country that already have had COVID? that haven't been diagnosed with having COVID. So there's a certain herd immunity that, that they believe. Yeah, there. well, I mean, no, their, their modelling would say, their modelling would say, in the and I went through the different models this morning already, but 2,100 deaths, worst case scenario. It's apocalyptic figures. But, like, are they saying that this is all going to be, this, like, this is not going to happen if hospitality on its own doesn't open? Like at what stage, and then we're going to be coming down, and there's there's always there are always there's sounds already of about schools in September. So then will we be protecting the schools in September and have to stay closed at that stage as well? Because we haven't got a day to open. Talk to at me. About, talk to me a little bit about this um, this vaccine pass. Whether it's the the hard copy that people have, or if you've got a smartphone, it'll be some kind of digital certificate or some. Is that workable, I, I, or is that is it? Firstly, is it workable, and secondly, is it fair? Well, for, firstly, it's not fair. You know what I mean? I don't think it's fair to have a family like myself and my wife in the next couple of days or week will be have our second vaccine. But our kids won't. Like, at what stage do we stop? You know, are teenagers allowed in? Like, so if you're no. 14 or 16? No, only you know, under sixes. You know, so, yeah, well, that means my whole family can't come with us. You know, that's just us. So where, where does it stop and who, so we stand at the door and we we meet people and they come for some reason, come up and believe that they're vaccinated. They have, say for instance, um, uh, um, a Q code or they have some kind of a digital cert, they would bring a second piece of ID to prove that it's them. Your member of staff then would check both and allow them in. Well, we're checking, but if, you, if I come in from the, if I, we fly in, if you fly in now into Ireland after the 19th, there's going to be a mechanism in place that you could, you'll be fast-tracked through. So there's an IT set, system already set up, one would presume, um, between the airports and governments in Europe, and so everyone knows who's vaccinated. This pass for, for hospitality would be different, though, to the, the digital travel cert, wouldn't it? The EU digital did, COVID cert. But who's responsible if someone's inside there and giving you fake documentation? I just don't see... Look, I don't... Uh, on the face of it, I don't see how workable it is. Or it's then us against them, the public, you know, trying to get in. It's it's a bit of... And someone books over the phone and you're showing, okay, you're try, taking the fact that they have... Someone has booked and you're taking the fact that they have their, their all the documentation. Then they turn up and they don't have it or one person doesn't have it. You have to refuse someone. Yeah, well, you have to refuse them those on that basis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but, those, but they're all ridiculous scenarios. You know, why, why is it left down to us? Stephen Donnelly last night was asked on, on an interview there, how, how is this going to work? And he says, we have to engage with the people that are on the ground that they, they know best. How how would we know best? This is not our, this is not our uh, remit to be doing to 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 be stopping people with, and asking them for their medical data. 
Like no, it's not not the medical here. data. It's just you know, show me. It's See, you'd ask people, you'd ask people for their ID on the door in the past. Well, so it's another. Just well, it's just. They're also going to say they're also saying that it's if you have had COVID. So that's you know that's a personal thing. Some people might not want to release that. You know, look, I just throw the scenarios. Well, I don't if you don't want to, if you don't want to release it or tell, then you don't go in. No, yeah, but I don't think that. Well, yeah. you but, think it could be a GDPR issue then? There's a fair possibility. And also, you have to remember, they're saying, oh, this has worked in so many different countries. There's countries that it hasn't worked in as well. It's been a dramatic fail. Um, I think Do you know, I mean, I know that and Philip Gillivan from the Shelburne Bar is joining us, actually. Philip, good morning. Do, do, either, morning, do either of you know what the story morning. is in the north? May 24th, indoor hospitality opened, pubs opened indoors. So did the UK. But do they need to produce anything on the door? Do, do we know, like, in the north, can anybody go in or only the vaccinated? Philip, do you know that? No, I think it's open to everybody. Um, I don't think that, I think by the amount of people that um, travel north from Dublin and the border counties into the north, there didn't seem to be any any problem getting served in the pubs and restaurants there. So how come our modelling is different to theirs then? Well, that's it. Either we, we are going to be ahead of the whole of Europe and be right in this Um or we're going to get it wrong. And unfortunately, we won't know probably for four to six weeks when the summer will be over. And, you know, the CMO may come out to become a genius um, or he may prove to have been very wrong. And unfortunately, you know, the hospitality industry will have taken the brunt of the decision that was made yesterday. And it has only given us six days to actually turn around our business model for the whole summer. You know, we found out yesterday... Um, six days ahead of what was supposed to happen next week. Did you did you open for outdoor, incidentally? Uh, oh yeah, and I, I'm one of the very lucky ones. You know, Cork City Council put in extended footpaths, um, so we got the whole footpath well before we'd only maybe a metre and a half. And our neighbours, the Everyman Theatre, have allowed us use their mm. space because they're closed. So it has worked really well for us. So it's very, very um, labour intensive because it's obviously every order has to be taken where the person is sitting and that, but we have made it work and the weather has been really, really helpful to us. Okay, this vaccine passport to get in whenever that happens, mm. say in three weeks' time, is it's been described by uh, people in hospitality as unworkable and more to the point, unfair. Yeah, it, in its present format, you know, what was announced yesterday is unworkable. Maybe they'll come up with some scenario in the next three weeks, but, you know, it's a bit, it's going to be a bit late because they're going to come up with it in, in two to three weeks. Then there'll be a judicial review or somebody will say it's the Attorney General now has to get involved. It'll be kicked down the road into August. Families will then start planning to go back to school and we'll be into September. July is gone, it. actually, isn't it, really, to be All honest? Gone. Completely gone. Completely gone. And, you know, it's... You know, you, you can understand that people that are uh, like myself who have got the two vaccines, you know, would love to be able to go in and sit down. But, you know, we can't bring our, our teenage children. Um, so they sit outside. They go up to the same bathroom that I'm using in the bar. And then, you know, it, it's it's fine in a, in, a, in a small pub like the Shelburne where we can maybe manage it. But if you're in a, a large complex, it's a nightmare scenario trying to control this. And what about staff then? Um Yes. Particularly young staff, they're, they're way down the pecking order of vaccines, but yet they would be working in establishments unvaccinated, and well, wouldn't and yeah. they and they themselves would never be welcome as customers. Yeah, that's so unfair. And I think the young people, you know, okay, financially, my my 
my sector has taken a colossal hit. But the young people, I think, have been so, so badly affected. And they've been rock stars. You know, I can only compliment the team and the children and, and the other hospitality industry. They just turn up. They're not vaccinated. They get on with it. And you're right, they won't be able to go into a bar and have a drink. Um, it sounds very, very unfair. And Leo Vrecker said on the news this morning, it is very unfair. Um, but it sounds like they're, you know, they're making it up as they go along. And it's been March 15th last year, I think we closed. And we probably jumped through about five or six different hoops since then, trying to get open and closed and open and closed. And nobody wants to see anybody end up in hospital or dying from COVID. You know? And I think the hospitality industry has really stood up to doing whatever it's been asked. But it's the, it's the indecision and the, the knee-jerk reactions and the no plan. And well, the cabinet said the that they were caught by the, on the hop, that they weren't expecting kind of modelling like that. And, and maybe to an extent they kind of ignored the modelling of Neffet over Christmas. I'm not saying yes, hospitality were responsible for it, but um, yeah. the country kind of opened up and there was a big, yeah. big party and numbers went through the roof in January. True. And then last summer we opened up and there wasn't a huge spike, you know, in the hotels and in the, in the bars. So it's, um, you know, it's nobody wants to say open up at all costs. That's not what anybody in the hospitality sector is saying. I think they're saying it's just insane. They're coming up with these ideas that haven't been taught through. Um, if they want to say, look, we're going to stay close till September till we get everybody possibly vaccinated so the schools can open, the colleges can open, then we can bear it and, and figure out a plan. But I hired two new employees last week on the strength of opening indoors last week. You know, but I'm not... What happens with them now? Well, I'm going to have to try and, and create... I'm not going to let them go after them leaving other businesses to come and work for me. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's, that's my problem, but it's just an example of, you know, opening indoors, because outdoors is really busy, you know for the pubs that have been lucky enough to open and the weather's been good. So it's, it's, it's challenging even running the outdoors, running the indoors at the same time. You do need extra extra staff and experienced staff. So you can't just pull them out of thin air. You know, the, finding um, good employees is really difficult yeah, at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, M- Mike, Paul Travaux said in Killarney that he's going to open regardless uh, on July 5th. That's next Monday. Do you think that others will do likewise? I don't know. Like, to be fair, I don't think anyone wants to be breaking the law. And no one wants to be seen to put anyone in danger. So, like, I think everyone is still going to go down the lines of, we will follow, you know, the law. Like, we're in business. We have to, you know, this could, there could be a knock-on effect to whoever decides to open up in time when they're looking for their licenses back in September. You know, so yes, it's mm. good to say, yeah, we go go ho and do this, and never like a, bl- a rush of blood to the head. That's fine. And a pub and in I, Dublin did lose its license, didn't it? Uh, we saw that in the papers a couple of months yeah, back. Like because of- and people are angry, but like you know, all we need is a bit of bit of bit of straight talking. What is actually is the plan? Oh well, you know what you know what the plan is. Varadkar's going to meet your rep, your your hospitality reps. I imagine the likes of Adrian Cummins and people from the VFI and the LVI today to hammer out a way of introducing a vaccine or pass for people who have been fully vaccinated or have already had COVID to allow them into your establishments in a few weeks' time. Once again, we'll be yeah. I'd say well, that'll be an interesting conversation that they're going to be having today because I think it, it, 
all the reps that are going there won't be in a, the conversation won't be around the vaccine pass it'll be like, oh, like the other issues that have, we need dates proper dates okay. and, I, and I think the, the big thing is that everyone said with this vaccine passport that we're in other countries they do that in conjunction with uh, the antigen testing which we have 100% ruled out um, so there's people there that are entitled to not get a vaccine and they're legally entitled to not get a That's vaccine. That's interesting, actually, because so, there's a text here saying, what about the people who never want to get vaccinated? And there are thousands of us. Will they never, ever be welcome indoors again? So, like, in other countries, they're doing this, that if you want to go to certain events. But for everyday living, if you don't want to have a vaccine, you should be entitled to do what you want to do and not be... And the government has always said they'll never make anyone have a vaccine. Well, they kind of are. If you want to actually go out and about... You know, so and there's going to be there's far and against for that argument, but people have their rights, and if you, they want to get around that, to bring in antigen testing. You asked about what was happening in the UK or in in Northern Ireland. In the UK, I know that from when they opened the doors, the doors are open. There's no checking anyone in. They went. All the staff were given, uh, like all the businesses were given antigen tests. Yeah, but they're getting antigen tests. Yeah, but they're getting staff. a bounce from the Delta variant, apparently. Well, we like. They're getting a bounce because they went down the the one dose AstraZeneca a long time, and they like you know the medical part of that. But I suppose you have to look at what's happening in their hospitals, and um, and they are getting a big bounce on it. But what's ha- actually happening on the ground? Like we do all this is done to take the pressure off the hospitals. This is and okay. protect the vulnerable. This is what we're being told. If they're getting twenty two thousand people a day in the UK. What's their hospital systems like? What are the deaths like? They're the questions that have to be asked. Okay, because because Philip, you you guys would have all of the right protocols indoors. Uh, it must be very frustrating. We're saying this morning that I can go to the cinema for two hours. I can bring food in. I can bring beverages in, and I can sit there. It's almost like indoor dining in itself. I can go into somewhat chaotic and very busy supermarket aisles. And go get get a haircut. People can go to all sorts of different uh, beauty treatments and what have you. Book into hotels where they can have as much drink or food as they want indoors. It must be very frustrating, you know, particularly when I list those examples uh, and you guys can't. Oh, it is. It's so frustrating, you know. And it's, it's frustrating for guests, you know, in the Metzville Hotel next door to me. The people staying there, they're busy, but they, they come down then. And I, we've been very lucky. It's been sunshine. Wait till the rain and the wind comes back and, you know, we might do 15 or 20% of the business we were doing outside you know, it, it, it's going to be, um, we can't assume we're going to have this lovely weather for the next eight weeks. But didn't Michal Martin say yesterday that he was going to, I'm paraphrasing now, but was going to give more money to your sector to keep you afloat? Yeah. And I think in fairness, they've done a remarkable job um, keeping the sector afloat. I really do think, and it's on time, it's weekly, you know, you're not screaming for it. So yes, but you know, handouts are fine and they're vital, but they're they're not the solution. Okay. You know, we, we, we want to run our businesses. You know, we I'm here 26 years. You know what I mean? I put in whatever, 60, 70, 80 hours a week whenever I have to. You know, you, you, you don't ever want to have to depend on a handout to stay in business. Just one you final, just, just one. business professionally. Just, yeah, you want to open. You're frustrated. You don't want this system. You don't want to be given money. You want to trade. No. Just one final tweet, actually, Mike. It says uh, uh, from Kerry, um, I've cancelled my staycation in Ireland with my husband and two children for the end of July. What's the point? The children can't join us for lunch. The children can't join us for dinner. I've booked a week in Port- Portugal instead. And oh, they accept 
tests, antigen tests for travel. Do you think this is going to impact uh, staycations? I think people will be scrambling to get out of the country for a week or two over the summer now. Hugely. And we had that discussion yesterday amongst ourselves that uh, that's sure why if if you had the opportunity, what, what, what would you pick? Take a flight, go abroad and you, uh, after the 19th and then people will come flooding back into the country and we'll see what may happen. You know, this is this is the thought process of the government. Don't understand it. You know, if they can, if we, if they actually manage things, they were the way they were managing. And as Philip said, we ran all summer last year, and there was no spikes. There was, it was a different variant around, but we all operated in, indoors. Okay, one final, one final, one away. final text for both of you. Quick responses, Neil. Protect the country first. These greedy businesses can wait. I'm sick of these money-hungry business people on the radio every day. You'd swear they weren't being supported to the high heavens as it is. Give us a break, greedy people. There's no need to open yet. Quick response. <laughs> what can I say? Uh, yeah, I, do, I doubt that person is in business. Um, I really do doubt it. Okay, Mike, I, I, you know, I don't think it's greedy when you're trying to keep your staff and family, you know, um, just getting an ordinary wage every day. Do you know what I mean? That's that's all we do. It's not about being greedy. About greed, we have a, especially our industry. We have a multitude of people working in the industry because it's so labour heavy. I don't think that's greed to try and take care of your staff. Thank you both. If it was just about the businesses. We're all getting supports. Much obliged to both of you. Thank you as always. Philip Gillivan at the Shelburne Bar, Mike Ryan from Cockpole and uh, Corn Store. Uh, other texts on 0868104106. So, does this mean that hotels can't serve people that are not vaccinated? Pure hypocrisy. This will mean more house parties. We're a nation of idiots. Um, that's a good point. No, I don't think that is the case. Hotels will still be allowed to bring allow people in, um, vaccinated or not. I mean, like you can see really uh, how open the air and how confusing all of this is. Maybe they can reserve a section at the back of the bus for the unvaccinated too, maybe. We spent a century trying to eliminate the idea that it's okay to segregate people on the basis of biology. It doesn't matter if this is race, gender, disability, health status. This segregation is totally wrong, says Ellie. Good point. Excellent point, actually, because it is a form of segregated, isn't it? Segregation. Those that come, can come in and those that can't. What has happened to GDPR? Everyone's personal information is private. When a person tells a shop assistant they have an underlying condition, the assistant is not entitled to ask them what the condition is. All of this has gone too far. Well said, Paul Travaux. Uh, the government is a mafia cartel with this carry-on and then asking older people to move out uh, of council and private houses because they're incompetent with regards to building houses. Leo is moving into a period €800,000 house himself. Why not move into an apartment? It's farcical. They're dictating as to what we do, what we think, what we act. The list goes on. You couldn't make it up, says Shiona. And one final one then from Bernadette. Uh, This government is acting like dictators. They are also keeping the stakeholders and the public in the dark. Have they actually forgotten who works for who? This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at NeilRedFM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Somebody says I'm missing the point uh, and I hope it's not intentionally. It is illegal under international law to coerce people into taking any medical treatment. It is illegal. The Nuremberg Code was put in place after what the Nazis did by testing drugs on people. Anyone who refuses someone any service because they are not vaccinated should be sued immediately, says Owen in Kanturk. Thank you for that. Uh, some great texts on this actually with a lot 
lots of different opinions and lots of different angles. Uh, but of course, the central plank of this, of course, is total and utter confusion. Uh, Paddy's standing by, so is John and Mick. But first up, the Baldy Barber, Mick Moriarty. Mick, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Okay, I'm going to be I'm going to be as brief as I can because I have a lot of calls. So, your thoughts on this? Well, I I, I think the pub should have been left open and the restaurants should have left open to eat inside and drink inside. Uh, I've met a lot of customers and uh, we are very very quiet. And I said to one fellow, he said, "Say, well, won't you come in for a haircut now?" He said, "If I was going for a pint, he said, I'd, I'd go I'd go for a haircut. Well, I have no place to go, so." I won't be going for haircuts and a lot of people are like that. Ah, but why would a lot of people like that? I mean, if your hair oh, needs yeah, cutting, your hair needs cutting. Yeah, it's, it's some of the young people will do it, 15, 16, 20-year-olds, but a lot of people, they have no place to go. The middle-aged person is not going anywhere. And all businesses in particular, in, up and down the country, it's not just me, are absolutely dying of debt. And only for the wage subsidy, we will be in the height of trouble. And as a mouse buzz, when the wage subsidy goes, we will then see how many businesses will actually survive and be able to... You're dead right. Yeah. I'm very lucky that I own my building, Neil. And uh, I can tell you, I have three particular barbers up and down the country, Tralee, Galway and Mayo. And uh, I'm like a council to them every week, trying to help them along the way. I said, lad, stick with it, stick with it. But they're actually using their wage subsidy to pay the rent. I know, yeah. And, what, and, and and when you say that they should just opened on Monday for indoors, are you saying for everybody? Because I was saying everyone, yesterday everyone. that if, I, if they opened it on Monday for only those who had been fully vaccinated, I wouldn't go through the doors because I thought, no, the back end of the month is different, but I'm talking about on Monday. But that's not going to happen now. Are you saying that it was for everybody or just but, for the vaccinated? But, but if you go into a place and the person who's serving you is not vaccinated, how do you know? I mean, you presume the person is vaccinated because they're 25. No, they're not so vaccinated. They're they not vaccinated. Be. So what can you do about it? They can't be vaccinated. They can't be, right? But, but a lot of people in the 30s are vaccinated. My two daughters ought to be vaccinated next Friday, uh, 31 and 34, with the Pfizer riser. Yeah. But yeah. thank God, I'm delighted for them. You know, and a lot of people have been vaccinated in their 30s. But what, what I'm saying to you is, is, are you saying that it should be open for everybody or just... Everyone. I was in Hitler's pub last night, Baron College, and I must say to Pat and Carriel, outside uh, Kathleen, they were fabulous. They ran the place great. I was a driver. I enjoyed myself and myself. I was there from 7 until 10 o'clock. Yeah. And it was out in the back. It was done. It was absolutely... Brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. People sat down, they got the table servers, and I will say they did a great yeah, job. But that's outdoors in the fresh air. I'm talking about indoors. It, 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 yeah, but like, I mean, there's, there's no problem. I, I, I couldn't see anything. So you come to my shop this morning for your hair, good news. I, I cut your hair. You have a mask on, I have a mask on. And I make no bones about this now. I have a lot of customers who have uh, breathing problems. And I say to take off your mask, I go, I do have inside. Ah, well, that's, that's but fair I, if they've got underlying conditions. But in a pub, they wouldn't, or in a restaurant, they wouldn't have a mask on. I mean, I'm not a COVID, I'm not going to be frightening people. I'm, like, I'm neither a COVID <laughs> denier nor a total and utter believer. Right yesterday, they said there could be 250 people die between now and September if, 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 um, if they open the pubs. How can they predict that? You can't, you can't predict that. That was the most stupid prediction I've heard from anybody. In my whole life, they said if they open the pubs and they open the restaurants indoors, there could be 250 people. Yeah, died. but that's the best scenario of five. That's they the say the worst scenario. is two and a half thousand or 2,100. That's frightening the, the, the life out of people. I, I'll be quite honest. They frightened the life out of the cabinet anyway, Neffert. Oh, I did it. I did it, of course. I didn't right. expect that. 
I mean, I did just comment since when I was well. People are behaving very, very well. You can still see, see people walking along and they're stepping out of the way. They're very, very nervous of people. They're afraid to talk to the people if they don't have a mask on them. And if they have a mask on, Neil, they're still very nervous of meeting people. I, I've seen it. I said to one person, I said, I'm not going to bite you, but we're two metres apart. Yeah. And I was looking at hearing aids in because otherwise I, could, I couldn't hear them. Yeah, okay. I'm quite honest. Okay. You know? Okay. But I, th- I, I think they're frightening the people. They're going too far with this this time. Okay, All let me... Do, open the door, let the people in there and let them keep their distance inside there and, and let the people get back, as, as uh, Michael Ryan said there, where they go in business. Well, I don't know who the other person was criminal about, about business. At business. That they were, yeah, the greasy, greedy business people yeah, cop on and wait another few weeks. All right. Okay, all right, Mick, thanks for that. Appreciate it. Paddy Bullman. Paddy, good morning. Good morning. Okay. Um, good morning, pick yeah. up on the fully vaccinated, not guaranteeing that you can get COVID. Well, you... you, you you can pass on COVID. Is that is that the point you're making? Uh, no, the point I was making, the part I, I worry about, the things that are that don't add up, you know, is that uh, despite being fully vaccinated, uh, you can still contract uh, COVID nineteen. Yeah, you can carry it and you can transmit it. Yeah. So uh, what we're heading towards now is that uh, a large percentage of the population that are vaccinated but can still transmit the disease, still carry it, still contract it, can now move freely about, can travel, and uh, spread COVID-19. To the unvaccinated. To, to, to everybody. Yeah. You see? Yeah. Like, and, we had no... The number I yesterday was something point. in and around 350 COVID positive. Here we are again, like, and talking about positive numbers. But in the whole country, 350 COVID cases... Yeah, that's another thing as well that doesn't really add up when you look at, you just look at the numbers, at the facts that are there again, um, is the number of uh, of uh, infections. They're all based on the PCR tests that, as far as I know, correct me if I'm wrong, has a very, very high rate of returning false positives, even up to, uh, in some cases, 90%. So... Those numbers that are being publicised by uh, by NIFES uh, um, is um, in other words, can, can, they can't really be trusted, can they? So, I mean, the numbers that they're giving us every day, every day, every time we look at the TV is numbers are up, numbers are up. There's so many infected all the time. Can be up to, nine, up to a whole 90% wrong. Yes, there is another test there. I'm talking about the antigen testing as well, which other countries, other other jurisdictions are using, is uh, seems more dependable. So I can't figure out why they're not using that test or even both, if okay. necessary. Okay, good points. Um, Thank you for those. Thank you, know, you, Paddy. Much obliged. John, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Okay, just ahead um, of the break, go ahead. Yeah, just want to say it, you know, firstly, um, I think the answer to indoor dining is the antigen test. You're tested at the door of the restaurant in five minutes. They know whether you're infectious. If you're infectious, you're not allowed in. If you're not infectious, in you go. It's as simple as that. And you'd have a queue of people down the street on a Saturday night? Pardon? You'd have a queue down the streets on Saturday nights? Well, but that's ridiculous. They're going to, people are going to go to restaurants anywhere. But the question is, why are Nepid against the antigen tests? And I'll tell you why. Because it means they'll have no control over the situation then. As long as they're using the PCR, they determine the cases, the uh, 
gets the mountain hospital. But with antigen testing, it's the ordinary people have control. Yeah. And there's no money in it for them, of course. Yeah. But you're suggesting that all of the businesses conduct this. You're saying that the businesses conduct all of this. I'm sa- yeah, but I'm saying the antigen test takes control away from NEFID and from the HSE because it's done... Because Why couldn't you just bring proof of an antigen test in the last 24 hours, for instance, rather than being tested at the door of a restaurant? Well, all right, that's OK. Once the antigen test is being used, but the, the nearer to your point of entry or your time of entry, the more uh, it's reliable. OK, you know why, why did you want to make a point as with regards to other illnesses? Uh, I'm, I'm just making a point that's been making over and over again. The so-called dreaded Delta variant. The chances are it's not at all as strong as the original. What are people afraid of? It's a COVID phobia we're suffering from now. There's no problem with killer flu or pneumonia or cancer or stroke or heart problems. But if you get any touch of COVID, oh my God, yeah. we're doomed. Yeah. You know? And it's all about money behind it all. Do you money, think that it's money, very money. unhealthy that really you have the medical profession now running the state and it shouldn't be that way? Neil, I'll answer that with a question. If you were suffering with a bad pain in your stomach, would you go and see an economist about it? That's right. That's right. So why should you go to a doctor to talk about the economy? All right. Thank you, John. Excellent point. Well uh, made. Thank you. government, one word sums up our government, spineless. Thanks for that. that Back. One, another one, stupidity too. Okay, All right. spineless and stupid. Back after the break, text 0868 Talk to Neil Prinderville now. 1851 Red FM. Apparently the Tarnished has said that he hopes that Neffet are wrong, but that they can't take the risk. They're not willing, I suppose, to play poker. They're not card players. They won't take a risk, and that's why they've stalled the ball, if you like. Have I got it right? Some people who messed up and broke the rules and got COVID, not people that got COVID through no fault of their own, but those who messed up and broke the rules and got it, they now will be rewarded with indoor dining whenever it happens. They now will be rewarded with indoor pints. Uh, will they get a medal as well? This is not on. How can you distinguish between vaccinated people and people with COVID? Uh, am I going to go out and eat inside while my family are outside? Uh, this is just maddening. Uh, morning, it makes me laugh when people hold the UK up as the gold standard. Have they not been across the news this week where countries are putting restrictions on British travellers now because their cases are out of control? Why would we want to aspire to be like that? Uh, another one, we are now living in a dictatorship. The reason the rest of Europe have opened up is that freedom is a lot more important to them and they haven't forgot it. I'm so angry with the government telling us that we will not open indoor dining. How can a hotel serve indoors but bars and restaurants can't? I haven't been told I have to be vaccinated to go indoors. Sorry, I have been told now that I have to be vaccinated to go indoors. My body, my choice has gone out the window. Why do I have to be vaccinated, but the 20-year-old serving me food doesn't need to be? And also, the flu season will start in October. It will peak in December and January and end around May. If we don't open now, we will not open this year. Perfect storm of flu on the way. And maybe another COVID strain as well. And that's why they're saying in the UK... We need to learn to live with this, isn't it? Protect the country first. These greedy businesses can wait. I'm sick of the money-hungry business people uh, all the time. This need, There is no need to open yet. We need to play safe. One or two more. We had no vaccinations and a whole lot more cases this time last year. And we opened everything. Neffet is giving this advice with no independent analysis 
on their modelling. It's just their modelling. All their predictions so far have been wrong. Uh, why are the government just doing whatever the Neffet say? Uh, it's unscientific nonsense, says Melissa. Uh, back in March 2020, Sam McConkie said there would be 150,000 deaths by the end of the month. It never happened. It's actually time for a change of government now. Neffet needs shifting. Uh, I totally agree with Paul Travaux. Well said. Neffet are a danger destroying Irish society. Uh, if we're going to, another one, if we're going to stay locked down and not travel every time there's a variant, we will never get back to normal. There will always be variants, says Damien. I ate in a restaurant in Cove last week. All three staff who tended me were all students, no more than 20 years old. So from whenever, it'll only be safe for vaccinated people to eat inside with the unvaccinated serving them. Give me a break, says Michael. We'll come back to it after 10. Text 0868104106. Can I also remind you that it is day three of our giveaways in association with Living Dreams Furniture and Bedding in Little Island. Beautiful, modern, spacious showroom just behind the NCT. Loads of parking, free parking. In you go, have a look around. So we're asking you to share your dreams. Text or email. Text 0868104106. Email neil at redfm.ie and include a mobile phone number. So whatever the dreams will be, best one will win the daily prize of a 400 euro voucher. You can spend it then at Living Dreams Furniture and Bedding in Little Island. Living Dreams, Dreams with a Z. And you can find them on Facebook as well. Uh, lines open on 1850 104 106. You can text 086 8104 106. Just uh, another few texts, incidentally. Um, actually, we'll pick it up in a couple of seconds time after the break. Hold on. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850 104106 Red FM An interesting point actually Sinn Féin are asking for Neffet to publish their data show us all of the graphs show us the scientific evidence with regards to your projections and your scenarios with regards to the Delta variant don't just come out with it in a letter to government show us your workings Beyond Martin Leo Varadkar Eamon Ryan need to step down call a general election we need a whole new government before they start passing legislation to suit their futures and not the futures of our children it's an interesting point actually with regards to the futures of our children uh, and the half a trillion debt that they will have to uh, absolve, or sorry, absorb, I should say, in the coming years, because someone's got to pay it back. Text 0868104106. We'll pick it up after 10. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. Emerald Music Station of the Year. Cork's Red FM. Text 0868104106. Ever notice how these recommendations for reopening bars and restaurants are reviewed when there's a bank holiday coming up, Neil? They say July 19th. Well, that got knocked on the head. But you can be sure something else will be used as an excuse. And it's more likely if indoor hospitality opens, it won't do so until Tuesday the 3rd of August. I don't drink alcohol anymore, so it doesn't really affect me that much. But surely, if the rest of Europe can allow indoor dining and drinking, then Ireland should be able to do so as well. It's very interesting, actually. You talk about uh, July, sorry, Tuesday, August 3rd, because we were saying earlier on, chatting with Mike and Philip, that really, July is gone now. That's a write-off. And um, actually, Republicans would probably say the summer's written off. Uh, Parents that that are vaccinated can eat indoors, while on a staycation. So just let the unvaccinated children outside, buy them a bag of chips and a drink to keep them quiet till you're finished. Isn't that intelligence at its finest? 
<laughs> that used to be the way years and years ago, actually. Certainly if you're in a way for a Sunday afternoon spin or what have you. Mammy and Daddy might go into the pub. Sometimes if you were lucky, you were possibly in the pub, but by and large it was outside, maybe sitting on the windowsill with a bottle of orange and a bag of crisps. <laughs> Every hospitality business should shut its doors in support of other businesses being discriminated against. They should do it now. We should be all in this together. We need to stand up to these people and drag them out of our doyle. And bear in mind the most important word there is our. I mean, okay, who's working for who, I suppose. Anyway, back to the phone lines we go. Uh, Marty, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? I was asking the question earlier on, is that the death knell now to tourism in Ireland across the summer? Your thoughts? To be honest, I think it is, Neil, because what's going to happen is you're going to get an exodus of people now going abroad on holidays, cheaper accommodation, cheaper food, cheap flights. I mean, what's the average price of a house here for a week in Ireland at the a moment? Gra- a grand. We're in the region of a grand to 1500 is it? Well, you ask the average. I, I would say top end would be the 1500 Average about yeah. a grand, maybe 1100 Yeah, you're going to get people doing that the whole summer long and, you know, they're literally stamping on the foot of their own tourist industry. On the one hand, look, I can see where um, restaurants and hotels and stuff are coming from. I work as a chef myself. Luckily, I was able to work right through the pandemic. But, I mean, I can see where they're coming from. They have to jack up the prices a little bit. But the price of accommodation has gone absolutely skyrocket. And add to that now the fact that people want to get abroad because they can't blame where they like indoors. They can't sit where they want and they can't do what they want. And they have to leave their children sit outside. I mean, who's going to do that? As you said, it was, it was acceptable in the 70s and 80s. We had the taste of childhood neglect. Oh, well, I mean, no, it probably was, Raza. It probably was. I think when I think maybe if you were with an aunt or an uncle or a godfather or a grandparent, they might have risen yeah, to a, a bottle of orange, a yeah, bottle a club orange or something. But um, can you tell me something? You know, with uh, with the businesses that did open, why yeah. um, why did they charge? Why are they charging the same prices now? Even though the offering isn't as good, and in some cases it's in cardboard boxes. I mean, that's that's not going to help them for tourism across the it's summer. It's not is because it? I think what's happened, to be honest with you, is it's become the norm. No, you know, I mean, I was on a beach recently, um, Garrettstown, I think, a couple of weeks back, and people were paying twelve and fourteen euros for a box of fish and chips and a box of pizza and chips. And I was looking, and this is absolutely incredulous. But you know what? My grand always used to say, "If you're stupid enough to pay, to pay it and take it out of your pocket, there's people waiting there but, to take it from you." But are they stupid enough or desperate enough? You see. I suppose it's a modicum of both, isn't it? Because it does strike me as kind of strange that some of the prices are through the roof, like. For for very mediocre offerings, I have to say. Yeah. And what's happening is, look, I don't think we're living with this. We're we're, we're not living alongside either. We're living away from it. We're the only country in Europe at the moment that won't allow people to dine indoors. I mean, for an island nation of less than 5 million people, what is going on there? If you have my honest opinion, to my mind, it's the health system in this country doesn't have the capacity or the ability to cope. And you literally have a shower of morons running it. <clears throat> and as a couple of your previous callers said, or you said yourself, left hand doesn't know what right hand is doing. And you, you believe that, like, do you think so that what, what people are thinking about now is, okay, um, nothing's going to happen in July. Uh, if we, had, we, we were planning on going on holidays in Ireland and staycationing in the summer. But all we're going to have now is possibly crappy weather, begging to get a table outdoors, paying big money for it, you know, paying a grand or 1500 for a house. Let's yep. just book flights from the 19th of July and go somewhere else. Book flights on the 19th of July if everyone is fully vaccinated. Happy days. Now they might do a roll back in that. I hope they don't. I myself have flights booked for the 23rd of July. I have family I haven't seen in almost two years. Fingers crossed. But I mean, this, this, is, this is, I think, what's going to happen. Okay. All right. Thanks for that. Okay. Well, to the point, and I appreciate it. Thank you, Marty, the chef. Liz, good morning. 
Good morning, Neil. How okay. are you? I'm good. Um, you got vaccinated in the UK and got yeah. the second second in Cork, is it? That's right. Yeah, the first vaccination in the UK. Just move around a little bit there because it's breaking up on me. Go ahead. Um, I got my first vaccination on 30th March in the UK and on the 22nd of June, which is last week, in Parky Keys. And while I was there, they told me that my my form or whatever it is would be updated. My information would be updated um, on the website or on the HSE website. And it's not. Nobody keep, Nobody will do it. They told me the first time I went up there, which was the 30th of April, uh, that I could um, that I could have my second vaccination then when I got there. They All said, right. no. Maybe it's just me, but I, I find this confusing. You got the first jab in the in the UK. In the could, UK. Yeah. And um, then I got notified that I had uh, an appointment for here for the 30th of April. I went up for it, but they wouldn't give it to me. Oh, you said they wouldn't give you... A they second dose. There was, even though there was four weeks in after I got my first dose. Yeah, but they, they won't give it to you because it should be 12 weeks here. Well, I had the information leaflet from AstraZeneca itself and you can have your second jab after three weeks. You can, but they changed it. That it It's they not did. what it says on the box. It's what the, it's what an effort in the government so that they could get more people vaccinated with the first dose, you see. So they told me. So I said, OK, that's fine. So they gave me a neck, the follow-on appointment was last week. And when I went up to that, there was, uh, whereas I was on the system, it hadn't, they hadn't updated it. My first vaccination isn't recorded. Okay. Here, yeah. Okay. Even though no. They okay. Up and up until then, they did all the right things. Twelve weeks. But when yeah. you went back, they had no record. They had no um, information about. And why did you get the first jab in the UK? Were you living there or something? Well, I was staying there. I went over for Christmas uh, to my daughter for a holiday, and uh, they cancelled my flights back. Um, with lockdown. Mm. So I, I stayed there and I did homeschooling with my grandson. Okay, so, so a non-resident who's over yeah. there, for whatever reason, could have got a, a vaccine. Yeah, yes. You have to be registered with a doctor over there, but yes, you can. There is an agreement in place. If you're Irish over in the UK, you can get your vaccinations over. Yeah, it's very interesting because um, some might suggest that you should get the second jab in the UK. They offered it to me and I didn't go because I was getting my one here. But the Irish system doesn't know that you got jabbed first in the UK. Or did you finally get it? I got. I finally got my second vaccination last week here in in the in Ireland in Parky Keys. Yeah, but they hadn't updated the system. They keep saying they're going to update the system. Why did they give you the second doctor. one if you couldn't prove that you got the first? I had my search from um, from the UK with. All right, me. so they used they used good old fashioned cop on. A serious cop on and a very nice nurse up uh, who gave me the second vaccination uh, said she was putting a star after my name uh, so as that it would be seen to it okay. hasn't been seen to yet okay and will that will that be a that'll cause a problem for you now if there's a vaccine passport you won't get yeah. one because the I system won't it. recognize you as being vaccinated oh god yeah there oh, you god. go so oh god what are you gonna do about that well, I, I really do feel like flying back over to the UK and getting my second vaccination over there and getting my travel passport from there. Oh, 
seems to me that it's the only thing I can do. Oh man, that's a head. That's a head wreck, isn't it? It is, isn't it? I've been on to the HSE. I have phoned them innumerable times. They don't answer their phones. I have emailed them a number of times and have gotten an out-of-office reply. Nothing. Okay, okay, okay. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, Let me know if there's any changes or if you do get updated or what you decide to do, all right? All right, thanks, Nate. Thank you. So what are you saying then? Is that, say, from the 19th of July onwards, someone who was reckless in the pandemic and got COVID will benefit from someone who did everything right and by the book? How can that be just or right? I'm not even saying that it's going to be the 19th of July, but the other points of your text are very valid. On the topic of the government proposals for the hospitality sector, if you have to be vaccinated to dine or drink indoors, will this mean that the staff will need to be vaccinated too, says Connor. Yeah, that's another issue. That's more confusion. I wouldn't go indoors either, just because I'm jabbed and others can't. We are supposed to be all in this together, says Susan. If somebody has got the vaccine, why should they worry about sitting next to someone in a bar or restaurant without the vaccine. If they have the vaccine, they're protected, right? Well, mm, yeah, well, you can still get this COVID-19. It won't affect you, but you can get it. You can transmit it to others when you go out. So that's the worry there. I do get the reasoning behind delaying reopening. I believe there's been a proposal that we that would see people asked to produce their vaccine cert and another form of ID to eat or drink inside. But my question is, are the servers fully vaccinated? Surely not as many of those one, not, not as many of those wonderful servers are in their teens and in their twenties, and they certainly haven't been jabbed. This proposal is not proposal is not viable. Servers should not be on the premises if they are not vaccinated. Says France, uh, Francis in Charleville. And believe me when I tell you, there are many, many reams of them. So back to the phone lines we go. We we'll jump in and out. Seamus, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Okay. Um, Staycationing, or do you think there will be an exodus overseas now? I think there will be an exodus overseas, and rightly so. The people deserve a break. I think it's just absolutely disgraceful what Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael are getting away with in this country at the moment. It's almost like anarchy now. It's it's not a democracy anymore. Um, You know, to put it into perspective, um, the day before yesterday, wearing a mask and when in certain premises was uh, was was good enough, um, you know that would prevent spread of the the, the so called deadly virus. Um, and now all of a sudden, despite the fact that they've been encouraging the country or trying to sell that mantra of uh, staycationing, if you've booked a staycation now for July and August, which would, which a lot of people would have done, whether it be a hotel or whatever, uh, somewhere around the country, um, it looks as though now if you're not vaccinated by the time you get to the door of that premises. You can be turned away. That's August. I mean, the, the chances of getting into hospitality in July are getting dimmer and dimmer. Yeah, but like, yeah, but, well, it's, I just think it's an absolute disgrace. And what I can't understand, to be honest with you, Neil, is why people aren't mass protesting in their masses against the government. What they could protest for now is the change of government. That should be just a mantra. But do, do you not have any respect for the? Do you not have any respect for the? Um, the numbers that Neffet say could happen if, say, for instance, no, hospitality no, and things. None, none. I have no respect for what Neffet say anymore. You know. The, so you don't the, you don't take on board their um, their uh, their their scientific graphs no, and research. And I don't. I think they're they're flawed. Uh, the word the leader of the World Health Organization has actually um, proposed. He's against the, this. Um, 
this uh, form of restriction, you know, restrictions on people and to access general public services on the basis of whether or not they're vaccinated. He, I forget the name, but he's against this. But yet, Leo Varadkar, who was just on the air a few minutes ago, actually, was there advocating an unequal society whereby, yes, if, you, if you're fully vaccinated, you can access, you can go into Starbucks and have your coffee and cake and sit down. If you're not, you can't. Yeah, yeah. That's unequal and it's unjust and it's actually illegal. You know, how can they justify this when the whole of Europe, or the, uh, the whole of Europe are back to normal? If you look at, I, you know, you don't need to list the countries off. The whole of Europe is back to normal. Only a few hundred miles east of us here in the UK, um, they're all out partying last night, out in bars. Well, north of the border on the same island, you don't even have to go across water. Well, I, I, well, I agree, yeah, north of the border. But south of the border, what's Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael are doing? And primarily Leo Varadkar and Michal Martin, it, they're just, it's conquer and divide. They're dividing society. Like Leo Varadkar does not view the Ireland that we see how, in the same way. How can you say, first of all, the vaccine is not mandatory, right? So therefore, how yeah. can you say to somebody, you are not welcome in a restaurant indoors or in a public house indoors, for that matter, if you don't take the vaccine, when the vaccine yeah, isn't mandatory? It's illegal. It's illegal. No private entity has a right of access. I mean, I could list it off. I mean, the best thing we could do now is just cry out to businesses, business owners, people who are adversely affected by this, and go outside the doll or the convention centre and mass protest. It's the only way that this is going to stop. The last time something got stopped... What about, you see, what about the Neffet projections then? Neffet will project... Neffet just... They they make predictions. Their predictions have not come through whatsoever. They were kind of right about Christmas, weren't they? Neil, you can't run a country on some organisations' predictions. Look at the world at large around you. And if you look at Europe as a whole, it's all open. There's no justification for it. And the saddest thing of all of this, in all of this, is the fact that Irish business owners and the people and the public at large are not mass protesting. If you mass protest, you can change it. You can change a decision. Okay. You can adopt something that you know works for the country and the people. These people, Leo Varadkar, Leo Varadkar moved into his 800,000 euro um, uh, Dublin pad there this week. He's on the air talking outside of, out of both sides of his mouth continuously. It's all to satisfy with this cohort of people and that cohort of people. There's images and videos of this guy um, at the Pride Week, over the, uh, one of the Pride um, uh, parades there uh, over the last few weeks up in Dublin, and he was breaking all of his own rules. And it's not being posted out on the mainstream media like RT or whatever. It's just disgraceful now at this point. I don't think they have any tenure. You know, Pat Kenny was on News Talk yesterday, just to put it into perspective, all right? One of the national broadcasters, Pat Kenny, on uh, News Talk, I think it was, and he was actually discussing uh, with a journalist um, the, the tenure of a leader of another country in Europe. I can't remember the name. I won't go into the detail. But he did remark on the fact, the journalist, that this particular leader that they were talking about was on an all-time low popularity rating in his own country of 25%. And, you know, the focus on that figure was just ironic. When we look at ourselves here, we have a Taoiseach of a country here at the moment who entered government on a popularity rating of 12%, now apparently on 15%. I don't know how he's on an increase of three. I think it's made up. But he has no credibility. This man brought down the country but an IMF bailout with his cronies back in 2007 and destroyed this place. If not for the, your fu- the future... Okay, no, and, and without the political lesson, you're saying so that they yeah. should ignore the Nefit projections 
and just open up the country and see what happens? You know, if you're to live your life by the, 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 proje- pro- the projections or predictions of a scientist or, you know, a medical expert, you'll be forever sitting in the lab. You'll get nothing done. And you, I think you re- um, somebody remarked on it the other day that the comment by Einstein, you know, <laughs> that, that quote, it's just so apt for this government, you know, and for the people really at large who vote them in. You know, if, if, you, if you try the same thing over and over again... Einstein said that the definition of madness was doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Okay. That's it. All I right. mean, that applies to the people, not really the, the, the government, because that's what they do. But if you put them there, this is what you get. All right, thanks I just, so much. I, just, I don't believe they have any tenure at all. I think people need to mass protest and wake up and just, just protest. I mean, it, it's, it's your democratic right. You're not, you know, you're not hurting anybody. You're trying to protect your services, your freedoms, the public at large, the number of cancer patients. Yeah, but some people, yeah, some people are saying, ah, get a grip. It's only a few weeks, you know, so you're going to miss oh, a meal no. in a restaurant, so you're going to miss well, a pint. My, it's only Neil, a my response to that is, get a grip. Only a few weeks. We're here two years later almost. Okay. That's what they said initially. All right, thanks. Thank you for Thank that, you. Seamus. Back after the break, one 850 The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at NeilRedFM. Okay, it's unfair to go into a restaurant vaccinated if others can't. Remember, it's not the older people who are vaccinated and the young ones. It's, sorry, sorry, I should say, remember, it, it is the older people who are vaccinated and the younger people who are not. During the lockdown, older people abided by the rules. We saw young people going to gatherings, parties, no masks, big groups, while older people were locked down. So as an older person, uh, why would I not go to a restaurant? We stayed in and waited our turn. Now young people can wait their turn, says Desi. Uh, I'm definitely not getting the vaccine. I would get it. But we are not being told of the dangers of the vaccine. It's because of the lack of transparency and the constant push to get vaccinated without the ability to question it. There is no way I would be forced to do it. And more like that, actually, it's my body, my choice. I will never get this vaccine. It's all propaganda. Uh, Neil, could you ever find a politician or name one that has taken a pay cut over the last year? No. Because there aren't any. They don't exist. Not in this country anyway. They took none. In fact, what we did see uh, during COVID was pay increases uh, for politicians, not decreases. None of them took a COVID cut. Somebody else then accusing me of uh, bias and lack of balance, um, which is uh, your entitlement. The lack of balance today on your program is very disappointing. You know, Neil, this isn't about your opinion, by the way. If you're a professional, you remain neutral. The show is very disappointing the last few days. Well, I'll tell you one thing. If you remain neutral on everything you did and said on a three-hour radio program five days a week, you'd have a very boring, boring program, I can tell you. Um, balance is one thing, yeah, I mean, but neutrality is another thing. You need um, to push buttons. And that's what I interpret. That's what I endeavor to do. And good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you, I'm my well, friend? Well, well, I'm well. And you and Moses are good, I hope. We're great, thank God, Neil's blessed mother. We're great, Neil. Okay. Great altogether. all together. Right. Okay, so uh, have, you a, have you a point of view on where we find ourselves these days? I have, um, Neil. Do you know now at the moment, nobody had a lockdown and we were locked in for a good few months. No, I didn't mind that because, you know, I buried my son and I wasn't going out anyway. Mm. So it didn't bother me. But when I got my vaccine and my second one, two weekends I went into town. Need. Yeah. And what did I do? Get all my Christmas shopping. Go away. Why'd you do that? I, do you know what now? I'm not afraid, but I have this feeling. No, it's only me now. This is my opinion, Neil. That we're going to be going into another lockdown in September. And I'm just not going that... to be in the crowd or in the queue. Yeah. 
It's awful to be living with that fear, Anne. It must be awful. I, it, it's not a fear. Saying, I've got to do my Christmas shopping like, because we we don't know where we'll be in the winter. But, I mean, I, I, I should tell that to God. I mean, like, I could be dead by then, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, if, if God spares me, I'm all ready. But, like, the Christmas shopping that I do now, Neil, I can get it all year round. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you're maybe you're the smart one. Maybe you're getting the bargains and a, a load of, and a bit a good I'm choice. I certainly am. Now I get the vouchers and brown Thomas, carry done pennies, duns. I always like to shop around there locally. So like you have it done now. You have it done now because you figured that there could be another lockdown closer I to Christmas, or it'll be too busy in the shops. Maybe in Christmas, huh? too busy more than anything. Yeah. And like, I know, no, I'm, I'm in, in vaccinated, but I could be a carrier, Neil. And I, I could give it to someone, this Delta variant. Do you understand what I'm I saying? Know, I know what you're saying, yeah. I, I, know. But, um, I don't... I was there last night, Neil, and I make you laugh, and the beautiful summer's day outside. People think I'm mad. I had wrapping paper from last year. <laughs> Christmas wrapping paper. I said, I know, if you go after the game, like watching England... Yeah, and um, off I went and wrapped, wrapped most of them. So not only did you do all of the Christmas shopping, you wrapped all the Christmas shopping yesterday as well. I did. Well, but you see, it's like I make that every year, but this year no, Neil. I um, I was that bit earlier. All right, okay. I've and always done by August. And what did you get Moses for Christmas? Well, sure I can't tell you. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> you could whisper it. <laughs> you know, you might, Neil, you might get a little hug. <laughs> Go away, all that. You might get a little hug, God, or he's very good to me. You mean he's he, listening now in the other room, and I can't. Tell all right, him. well, I, won't, I don't want to spoil his Christmas. Then say nothing. You could, no, I couldn't tell him. But like, do you know, no, like I get Yankee candles. I told you the, the and the uh, voters and brown. Okay, Moses, a Yankee candle. Now I'd say he'd bait you. Well, you know, I'm after getting him into a lighting candle every night in his house. Right, okay, well. Oh, yeah, on the table, yeah. Yeah, he's he's, he's so good to me. All right. But but that's me now, to see, I have all my Christmas shopping. Now you you might get called now saying, am I going senile, am I... No, I think the only thing is that people would be saddened that, you know, if you did your Christmas shopping now, you did it because you're afraid of the winter, and that's kind of sad, you know. Well, I'm I'm not afraid of, of, of the lockdown, like, I'm not afraid. I am afraid of the crowds, Neil. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. Okay. I, I, okay. I will be that fair on myself. Okay, mind yourself, Anne. Lovely catching up. Thank you. And regards to, to Moses, Mary O'Sullivan is... Uh, do you live in Garrettstown, Mary? I do. Well, I live in Ballincorrig. So, uh, if, I mean, anywhere, anywhere near the beach or the beaches? Hmm. And you still there, Mary? No. Okay. All right. Let me do some text instead. Uh, yesterday morning, you had a man on the radio who said a doctor put on a dirt debt certificate that somebody died from COVID, even though they didn't. Yes, that was a call yesterday morning where a farmer fell dead in the yard um, of a heart attack. Now, believe me, this is true. Back in 2020, a friend of mine's mother died unexpectedly. And when they got her debt cert, it said she died of COVID-19. The family were not happy with this as their mom didn't have COVID. They challenged the doctor and in the end they got a new death certificate saying the lady passed over kidney failure. This lady would have been another statistic if her family hadn't challenged it. I actually have the two jabs and the only reason I got it was to try to get my life back. But now I'm hearing this could be a yearly thing 
Um, and I won't do that. I only got my second jab yesterday and the pain in my arm is unbearable. I'm a healthy person. I don't feel I need to be vaccinated, but as I said, only to get my life back. Well, they recommend a couple of paracetamol. Uh, a couple of paracetamol. Um, that, and they recommend the paracetamol even if you don't have side effects or pain. You know, just to be on, on the safe side, as they say. If the lockdown are for public safety, as the government says, how many extra beds have they made in hospitals now? And how many extra staff are they preparing with? Or is this just about control, says Pat. Right, I'll try uh, line four again. Mary, good morning. Good morning. Sorry, can you hear me okay? I can hear you perfect okay. in this wonderful sunshine down here in Garrett's. And are you anywhere near the beach? I'm about four minutes from the beach. And is it very busy these days? Yes, it is. There's a lot of cars. They come early in the morning and they enjoy their bees on the beach. And have, they, have you lots of food trucks and coffee vans and horse boxes and all sorts of things? Okay, I'll come back to you in a few minutes' time because uh, the mobile phone reception in Garrettstown ain't the best, so we'll see if we can improve it. Dan, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you going? Okay. Um, yeah. This is about balance and neutrality. Go ahead. That's right. And all the balance. And now, I would say about you that is you're very fair, right? And that's I listen to your radio session and another one or two. But I would not listen to our key radio and anymore to listen to Miriam O'Callaghan uh, speaking government propaganda. Mm-hmm. About everything else. Now, well, I mean, don't they? Don't you know? Don't they challenge them from time to time? They, listen, they do not need. They do not. They don't ask them. I listened to uh, 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 one of the RT people there a fortnight ago. I think it was a five o'clock show, and uh, she was. She had. She had asked, and she said, "I'm caught." What she said. She was talking to the minister about the farming. About who's who's farming. who's on air then? Isn't that Sarah McInerney? Is it? But she's she she's very strong. Like she doesn't take no, any know, prisoners. I'm, I'm going to tell you that well, our story. She's very good. But she, I heard her saying to the minister, the minister of the family minister, minister, I have asked you three times this, and you failed to answer my question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just saying to you, right? And I believe Neil, a lot of your callers are about the COVID thing, right? That the government want to keep this going as long as possible because I know now. I, I got all my injections and I abide by all the rules and regulations, but they want to keep this COVID thing going as long as possible because there is other massive, massive problems out there as well. What? That's I mean, I, I would regard myself as reasonably intelligent, but I can't understand when people say that to me on the air, that it's about yeah. control or it's about a, a world order agenda. I know I'm going to get hounded for this again now, but like, who in their right mind would do this intentionally? Like, makes no sense to me. And you, Neil, I, I don't know, but I just say to you that, I, I, look, I always watch the homeless figures. I heard David Hall there on the radio last week, and with the, with the, the price of houses gone up to 300,000, there's 16,000 people could not pay them all since, since the price of houses went up in 2008. So, so they do all of this to defer from all of the other bad news, isn't it? I think so. That's my own personal problem only. That's okay. my own personal problem. All right. Okay. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate the contribution. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks, Mor- Morning, Neil. Broadcaster and journalist are now running with the hare and hunting with the hound. Over the past few weeks, the Irish media, including you, has been pushing Project Fear 
by reporting on the Indian variant only from the government's approved perspective. So it's extremely disingenuous for you to now sympathise with the hospitality industry, having been instrumental in their downfall. You yourself recite official government figures daily when it comes to COVID without examining those figures. You yourself report on the approved variant narratives without assessing the facts that actually contradict these narratives. You yourself had the politicians and experts on your show who have all sung from the same hymn sheet. Uh, when was the last time you had any expert statisticians, immunologists, virologists, healthcare professionals on your show who actually disagree with the approved message? All that is needed for evil to triumph is for good men like you to do nothing, says Richie in Toker. Uh, keep those coming. Email neil at uh, redfm.ie. I will endeavour to get as much on the air as we can. Jo- and you're all entitled to your opinion. Uh, whether I would agree with it or not is irrelevant. Josephine? Yes. Okay, you have the floor. What's on your mind? Uh, what's on my mind is that when I was listening all morning there, I just felt it was very one-sided okay. and that people have very short memories, you know, um, I have a daughter that works in a nursing home and only 12 months ago, to well, 9 to 12 months ago, she was in that nursing home working, didn't come home for three months and people dying around her all of the time. And I think that when people say that the predictions didn't come true, they were there. And I think people need to remember how many loved ones lost their lives. Oh, listen, uh, 100% respect to you on that one. Absolutely. Um, but the only um, difference now is people in nursing homes have been vaccinated. Yes, and that is the difference So now. that can't happen. But me going into a restaurant fully vaccinated and I'm sitting alongside a person that is not vaccinated. I cannot have that on my conscience that I could give them the Delta variant and they could either live through it and have no effects or they could die. This is this this is it. This is my decision. Fully vaccinated, going into a, a restaurant, I could sit alongside a person, give them COVID, they might live and have no effect or they could die. Well, well, you're being ultra cautious now, in fairness, but I, I, but, but, but you're but suggesting then the that no, no one should do anything indoors. No, I, I until everyone's I, vaccinated. Well, then, I, well, then we should no, be closing down the no, cinemas and the barbers and the hairdressers no, and the no, sorry, no, the hotels. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is, everyone needs to be comfortable for what they're doing themselves. It's a responsibility that we must take ourselves and be being a responsible adult person wouldn't be uncomfortable going into a restaurant sitting indoors. And in, at the moment, I'm not even comfortable outdoors. But that's your choice, isn't it? Then you just yes, don't do and it. that is the choice. But I don't know why people come on the radio shouting the odds about the government that it's propaganda, this, that and the other. It's not. I am sure the government would prefer us all to be making money every day of the week and to be going out to work, paying our taxes, than for us to be locked inside. Okay. I am that's that's and like be reasonable people out there. Okay, let's and see. And remember all the people that died. There are thousands of people that died in Ireland. But those are, but those vulnerable groups in the older age cohorts, they've all been vaccinated now. But that's not my point. They're being vaccinated now, yes. But it's that people have short memories. 
they don't remember those people that have died within the last year and a half and they're saying the government are doing this and the government are doing that. The government are doing their best to save our lives. Okay. That's right. my opinion. Thanks, Josephine. Thank you so Thanks. much. Lines open one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. I just want to take a couple of minutes if you don't make about the phone lines in, in a couple of seconds, in, in a few minutes' time. But uh, today is the first day of freedom. Um, whether you agree with the COVID delays or not, but it's the first day of freedom for all of the mams and dads um, who uh, went through the leaving certificate exams, which ended yesterday. Yeah, so I think there's great relief, and there's an awful lot of credit due to all of the mams and the dads because there must have been an off because it's been a d- tough year. We've had two tough leaving cert years now for the students, uh, you know, and it's been hard on them. Um, so, with that in mind, you should all take a bow because you now can relax apart from waiting for the results. But for all the mams and dads who also went through uh, the leaving cert. Um, you can breathe a little bit easier now and hopefully enjoy some kind of a summer and indeed some sunshine. So we'll play a song for you all now, sun-related. Mr. Blue Skies. And I picked that one actually because there's a line in that song that says, Today is the day we've waited for. So for the mams and dads with the leaving cert ending yesterday, that's for you. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Don't forget, uh, Living Dreams Furniture and Bedding Little Island have given me a 400 euro voucher every day. Every day. 400. You can go down there and spend it on whatever you want. Irish handmade sofas, mattresses, top international brands, uh, soft furnishings, beautiful couches, three-piece suites, the whole lot. And they're just behind the NCT at Little Island. So we want to hear about your own dreams. So text 0868104106. The freaky, vivid, funny, sad, scary dreams. Particularly if they came true. Uh, you can also email neil at redfm.ie and make sure you, include a, you, you do include a mobile phone number. I will go back down to Garristan Balance Build in a couple of seconds, but while I'm on a bit of a roll here, um, I used to, these are some of the other mispronunciations. I'm getting fierce mileage out of this. A friend of mine used to say, State of the Ark. It's State of the Ark, boy. Instead of state of the art. I love those. I think they're cute. Drives me crazy when people say upset the apple tart instead of upset the apple cart. Oh, is it really apple cart? That was, I think it was always the apple tart. Um, Do you ever upset an apple tart when it just didn't work when it came out of the oven? It was flat. The pastry was kind of pasty. I can't cope with my sister-in-law. She says TH when she says the word teeth. That's even impossible to say. Let us try, shall we? Thief. I must go and brush my thief. Like, <laughs> it's always impossible to say that. Uh, another word people mispronounce is battery. People say battery. My dad, don't worry, Neil, my dad is also a big fan of the word butty. He calls his pals his butties. It's a cork thing. A lovely cork term. Old butty, old pal. And don't worry about it, I'm listening in Waterford. We say butty down here too. So that woman is wrong to correct you, says Gronya. Morning, I was in Knockadoon on Saturday. I had fish and chips from a mobile chipper called the Lobster Pot. Oh my God, it was superb, says Terry. Uh, one or two other ones here. The postponement of indoor dining doesn't just affect pubs and restaurants, you know. My husband suffers from dementia. Also has a brain tumour, so he requires 24-hour care. Prior to the lockdown, he was able to go to a day 
Space Centre twice a week, which gave me, his wife and carer, time out to get bits done and have a break. So the further postponement will now probably mean at least two weeks with no let-up. I'm not the only one in this position. We are the unf- we are the forgotten ones, obviously. To give them my details, Cam, come on air, busy caring for my husband. And one or two more then, oh, this is unconnected, but it's important to this household. Wondering if you come across, maybe others have, if you've come across something uh, like this um, from schools in Cork, the school closed on Tuesday, the 29th, yesterday. The office won't reopen until the 3rd of August. Reports are currently held because of outstanding fees for the academic year. Once fees are paid, the reports will be released. Due to the school closing, there won't be anyone in the office to release the reports until the 3rd of August. Can this be even legal? Anybody else going through that? And one or two more. We went to a Cork hotel to dine outside over the weekend. There were no tables outside, but we looked inside and the place was jointed with residents eating inside. What in the name of God is the difference between that and restaurants and pubs opening inside? Morning, we were in Killarney Monday and Tuesday night. We went to eat in town Tuesday night and we could not get a table anywhere. Ended up getting a takeaway. I think that the peep, that chap is too early for booking in two weeks online anyway. The restaurants probably will not live book until they at least have dates for opening. Well, that is true. And you know, if some, if they, imagine if they had been taking bookings for say after the 5th of July. They'd be calling people now to cancel, wouldn't they? Outdoor only. Anyway, to uh, to Mary, third time lucky, hopefully. Mary, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How and you? you're you're the Mary that I've spoken to in the in the past. You're the local taxi driver down there for Balance Spittle, Garrettstown, Kinsale, right? Balance Spittle, Garrettstown, Kinsale, West Cork. You just name it. I'll and take a, you there. You know. And are you busy? It's after picking up. It's, you know, it's very good. It's okay. very busy now. Okay. I've got about two and a half minutes for you to tell me all about how brilliant it is down there with the food offerings. Go ahead. Okay. we got to go to Garrison. you got to all the food, uh, the coffee shops on the beach. Uh, and we go to Stranded. We have a lovely pizza shop on the beach. Just fiddle away up to Balance Spittle and you have Hurley's Bar and Restaurant. It's a lovely food. Whatever food you want, you can get there and the hosts are lovely. Across the way, we have Wild which is a different quirky type of food, which is excellent. Indoors or outdoors? All outdoors. But the indoors... It's not allowed yet. As no, you know. no, but what, what, I'm, what I meant to say, actually, are, you know, you, the places you're talking about, they're actually establishments or are they food trucks? Well, oh, yes, they're establishments. They're well-known establishments. They're all outdoors and they have lovely barbecue gardens and they have tables on the streets of Balance Middle and we have Divas, the local deli. It has lovely homemade food. You can take away cakes, whatever. Yeah. Um, I know the, I know the speckled door down there. How are they getting on? Oh, the speckled door is... Super. You know, we've all the golfers hit to the speckled door. I was in the speckled door last night. I was working from the speckled door and it was very, very busy. All right, okay. So. In an hour, I can say that I don't know how we time. For a Tuesday night, Neil, this was economical. It was super. It was a really busy night last night. And with this fine weather, we will get busier, you know? So please go on. We'll have a lot of. So people of Cork, most of the people of Cork are down here already. They're probably listening to me now because I know practically all of them. They're all in their mobile home parks, aren't they? Of course. We have five fantastic caravan parks down here in Garrison, okay? 
But, you know, when you're down in Garrison, I'm down hospital, support the locals because we've had a tough enough winter and, you know, we're going all out, all the restaurants, well, all I, the shops, I all know. the businesses are going all out to help And I was just saying, wouldn't it be an amazing thing if you were on holidays this week and the weather that we're getting? Oh, my God. Oh my God, it would be fantastic. I'm at the beach and I was had to leave my office to come down to get, to get a good reception and <laughs> the beach is charmed. I'm in your lap. As we say, Bucky, <laughs> we'll, we'll have a coffee in Kinsale someday. I can't <laughs> wait to get back to Kinsale. I, I really can't. I mean, actually, I probably, no, I'm probably going to have... Fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to have a roll down. down your way soon because you're only like 20 oh. minutes away, you know? That's all. Come down to Ballinspital and Garrison and Neil, we look after you, boy. I'm telling you. All right, bring him oh, down as well. I'll hold you to that. All right. Take care, Come Mary. Neil. We'll talk soon. God Cheers. Bless. Beautiful weather down west. And Garrettstown and Balance Bitten's calling you. Back after 11. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from 4 for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features, and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from 4. Dave Max Drive. Cork's Red FM, officially Ireland's music station of the year. So we're asking people, this was before, we were asking people on Twitter and on Facebook whether or not they were going to go on foreign holidays. Are you going anywhere for your holidays? But this was before, of course, the pretty much writing off of July when it comes to hospitality indoors. And that will impact on people's holiday decisions. So um, that was the question we were asking. Anybody planning to go overseas over the summer? Marion said Fungarola in September, Vegas in November. Hopefully, I know I'm being very optimistic. Another one here, Northern France in September, going by ferry, then traveling on my motorbike. So plenty of ventilation. You love that. I once did France by motorbike as well. It was superb down the coast and up the middle of the country. It was mega. Suzanne says no. Cancelled to May 2022. And I'm not bothered if I never went at all at this stage. So, Neil, are you, are you actually planning or asking people to plan to break the law or what? No, that wasn't the point. I mean, after the 19th. Uh, people will be able to fly overseas unless they decide to change their mind on that. Neffet might decide that. Buff says, I'm off to the Costa del Yol. Patricio says, what? Who'd want to take a flight? Um, I will be going on holidays within the EU as allowed by the EU Commission. I will not be dictated to by Mr. Hulhan. Michael says, all being well, I'll head for Italy with the vaccination green card. I'll be in the motorhome for eight weeks all the way to Sicily and then back via Sardinia and Corsica. Sounds wonderful. Uh, Niamh, should we get told a different story every week? Um, So if I can get away with having time to isolate, then I'll go somewhere. If not, I'll do two weeks in Kerry. Uh, Laura says, personal choice. Stay home if you feel safe. Go if you feel safe. It's not really for the Facebook police to decide. So live your lives, people. Oh, my God. I was only asking, are you going on holidays or not? Livia says, definitely go and see my family in Italy this summer. For many of us, this is not about holidays. It's about reuniting with loved ones and taking care of essential matters like health and finances back home. We're 500,000 plus foreign nationals here and countless Irish people with family abroad. And we would like to get more consideration from the media. Uh, Well, I've read out your text. I hope that helps. Deborah says, I'll be fully vaccinated, but my kids won't be. So I'd be afraid of being in another country and the kids testing positive. Ega says, I'll go abroad. It would be to see my mum and sister, whom I haven't seen for 12 months. And Rena says, I was planning to go to Tenerife in November. But I don't trust the work at Cork Airport will be finished on schedule. We'll have to wait and see. And then others are saying places like the UK, Lanzarote, 
Uh, Neil, does West Cork count as abroad? <laughs> Spain, Italy, a lot going to the UK and what have you. So thanks for responding. Appreciate that. We got calls on the way. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Lots of different calls. Julia standing by Noreen as well on different topics. But I just want to take some time out because I've got a lovely text in from Colin. Colin, good morning. Hi, Neil. How's it going? I'm good, my man. Did did I buy your dad's car? Yeah, yeah, that's the ring about it. Uh, <laughs> I was going down to the cove for a cycle. Uh, we don't fishing down the cove. And he said, look, that's that, that crowd there. I bought my car. And that was grand anyway. And he said, there was no sign of it. So... <laughs> We were going there last week for a cycle, and I met the guy who was sending cows on the side, and I just stopped. I said, you sold the cow? And he said, we did, but we sold the guy. And he came and said, he goes, you never get so bad. Huh? <laughs> and I wonder what Brett's like. I said, who? He says, Neil Prendeville. I said, what? He's <laughs> So, you know, I just said, you, you bought it. Like, we were trying to sell it for ages. Oh, yeah, man, but, uh, don't tell me that. Like, don't tell me you were trying to sell it for ages. <laughs> for ages. I swear, we had it up in Dundee for about a year. And that's when, when I told my dad, he goes, for sex, yeah, he said, we had it in Dundee for a year. You think you're going to see the land I would. There is no way that I would buy a car from Dundee. Forget about it. I'd only go where you can buy them on the forecourt of a garage or somebody who sells yeah, them for a yeah, living. Yeah, but that's amazing, isn't it? That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, he was delighted when he hauled it, like, he was delighted. Do you think he got a good home? Oh, I'd say so, yeah. He got a good home for the last eight years, anyway. Did your dad, did your dad love, it's a Mercedes, it's a, it's a black, lads, it's a black Mercedes CLK. What the heck, man, he really looked after it. He had a tear as I knew when he, when he saw it, I can, I can imagine, because when yeah. I went down to look at it, it needed a good valet and a clean. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. my God, Great Island Motors, they brought it back to, oh, like, brand new, with the leather interior and the maple decking and everything. Oh, man, it's unreal. Yeah, she's a classic car, right? It's a classic car. But he got it eight years ago. He had 70,000 miles on it, and I think there's only 90-odd or something like that on it there at the moment. I absolutely love it. Having no drivers, but she's... She's a fine car. I had a second-hand Mercedes about 10 years ago and I fell in love with them and I always swore and, I, and I, I needed a car at short notice so I said, I'm going to get another Mercedes for a while. So... Um, that's his plan down the line. All I know, but he is a bit of an athlete so he needs to kind of... Uh, watch ah, but it's, automatic. it's nice and small though. That's the thing about it. It's one of the small yeah. ones. And she's, she's a nippy little thing to need. <laughs> you put the foot down the jet? No... No, I... Uh, I'll give it a go. Put it in the sport mode, right? I just really got to link about 60, just put the foot down, man. You'll feel, you'll feel all dragged anyway. <laughs> have you driven it? I have. I was driving for about six months, yeah. And is there about anything that I need to look out for? Has it got any kind of quirky, uh, you know, finicky bits or yeah, anything? Yeah, I want to go for it. I'll tell you, if you've got to stop the check, but just watch the only... When I walk down the dash there, I'd say, you want to check what's in the dash there in case you can stop the check, right? <laughs> <laughs> there's Everybody nothing, there's me. nothing I've checked. Everybody missed me, guys. Everybody missed me. Oh, well, listen, yeah, will, well, yeah. will you ever tell yeah. your dad that I look after it from? You should be listening there anyway. Give him a card to say about it. Well done, Colin. Thanks so much for the yeah, text. Thanks very much for about Cheers, my man. Time. Take care, right. sir. That's a mighty machine. NCT'd for 12 months. Three months engine and gearbox warranty Ray Mills done and Great Island Motors a great job fair play <laughs> Cork is a very small place after all isn't it <laughs> anyway Noreen good morning good morning Neil I know this, okay from the from the silly and the funny to the serious what's going on in your life Neil it's horrendous I just want to highlight really you know what my aunt and her elderly neighbours are going through uh, um, past 11 years Neil now in the north side of the city 
you know. Um, like my aunt's house has always been her family home. Yeah. Those houses were built in about around about 1957, you know. Yeah. yeah. Like it was all, she always felt nice and safe and secure there. But in 2011, then the council put in like what I would call now an antisocial family. I don't know whether. Well, and you that. know, on that basis, I'm really I don't want to name the estate or anything. Oh, oh absolutely not, absolutely not. Because I don't want to cause um, any grief for her. She, you say she's a, her aunt's in her fifties, but she looks like as if she's in her seventies because of the stress. Yeah, and she feels it as well. Go and, on, yeah. You know, yeah. And her health isn't great, Neil. Um, my aunt Sandra, you know, like I mean to say, like I've seen my aunt go from a happy person to a nervous wreck of a woman. She's very insecure. And I'm actually very fearful for her safety. And, you know... Can you like describe her, her, what's going on that's brought her to this situation? I can, to, to, to an extent, I can. Because, like, if I narrow it down, it'll be kind of very, you know, it'll be very obvious. Well, what can you tell me then that's safe to tell What me? I can tell you now, um, Neil, is, like, my aunt, she, when, when she's leaving her home, she's, she, she, and when she looks at this particular house, she can see that she's been watched. No, she's not being paranoid. She, and she gets this thing over then, oh my God, they know I'm gone out now, there's going to be something wrong when I come back. And yeah. there always is, Neil. Always. There always is, like what? Always is, like horrible, disgusting, foul um, stuff throwing in her passageway. Okay. Um, a concrete wall knocked down. Damage done to her attic. Um, I could be now kind of narrowing this down a bit. All right, so I'd like to, now, I mean, time, there, there would be shared attics or partitioned attics, is it? Yes. Okay. Yes. Right. What about, so what that, about that, the garden? That, that, that is she a garden? Beautiful garden. She loves her garden. She loves potting around in it and it's absolutely gorgeous and it's constantly been destroyed. Now, kick down a concrete wall I don't know how they obviously didn't kick it down but they knocked it down somehow anyway but it's the it's the um, it's the other type of abuse as well she's absolutely terrified me every time she leaves the house she's getting the middle finger she's been called a big fat see you next Tuesday if you want yeah. a better word well said yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you know and um, she's absolutely terrified she is absolutely terrified and like it's going on so long and the neighbours are absolutely terrified to come forward. Now, she's been to the Gardaí several times, Neil. She's been to the council several times. I mean, when I say several times, I'm talking on a monthly basis at least, you know, if not even more. And, like, I feel, Neil, they've reduced your care, you know, to the public and to the vulnerable people. And they're not... Did the Gardaí investigate? Because you gave loads of different examples of what they should be investigating. Absolutely, Neil. They did at the beginning, kind of like, you know, and... Like, now at this stage now they will tell her that they'll be out but they don't come out at all but like and when she gets onto the council they're saying well the, the tenants are denying denying anything they're denying that they were even there now she has CCTV and she could show you the times that that he's saying he's not there that he actually is there right. you know? is, it, what, is it a family the whole lot of them or is it one individual it's a family okay alright so and even when the guards yeah, visit that do, even when the guards visit that doesn't um, scare them enough to stop or anything. Absolutely they don't care. Not. Yeah. No, no, not at all. Not at all. And is it, it's getting worse as opposed to it's anything. Getting, it's getting worse and her health is getting worse. And like she can't sleep. She can't sleep a wink. And, you know, that's what she must obviously doze off like from exhaustion. But she's constantly on edge walking on eggshells waiting to see what's going to happen next. 
you know. And I still, going back to it now, I really think they do have juicy care, the guardy and the, and the council, you know. So it's as much as the guards can do as to go talk to them, they deny it, and that's the end of it. And that's, that's it. Then they just say, like, you know, that they... they, they she should be getting onto the council, and and they're saying, sure, look, the, the tenants are denying it. You know, we can't do anything about it. You know, and now why do you do think they're picking it. on one misfortunate individual? Well, you know, I think um, probably she's probably living nearer to them. You see, but they're all the whole the whole neighbourhood are, are are actually um, affected by them because the music is blaring constantly morning to night. I've I've witnessed that myself. Really. You know, and like you know, that that could be day or night. You know, so no, there's uh, nobody, there's nobody going out to work out of that house or anything like that, or earning a living or anything. No, um, I think, I think, um, yeah, probably not enough said about that though, because right. I don't want to. Yeah. Okay. You know, who, who knows what they're up to in the house? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, look, Neil, it's. Um, do you know, like they've been putting up with this now for so long, like it, it, it's going to the point now, like where, where I'm actually fearing for their safety, especially my aunts. Like, as I said, the property has been damaged um, and the people who should be protecting them, they have no faith at all. Like their their faith is completely diminished. And if, she's out, if she was out in the garden at this time now, would, would they be able to see her? Uh... Absolutely. And they would come out and they would say, you big fat. Okay, she gets the middle finger every time they see her she gets the middle finger or something will be thrown into the you know like I mean oh like I mean her stuff beautiful flowers and, and I mean you know she's living on her own and you know she's um, that's what she does that's, that's, that's yeah she's being tortured yeah she is being she's absolutely being tortured constantly and even when there's nothing happening she's She's just like the anticipation of the next incident is yeah. like yeah. She's constantly her stressed. Her anxiety levels and everything, stress and oh my god, worry and fear. Just, yeah. yeah, unbelievable. And there's nothing. There's nothing that all of the neighbours coming together could do to. They're all very elderly now. Like I mean, she'd be both the youngest one of them there. You know. So what will happen ultimately is that she'll have to move. Is that it? Well, I don't. You see, the thing is, like I mean. I don't know. You see, like if she if she'd be willing to do, I know. I suppose, like for for her safety and everything like that. But like, she's never lived anywhere else in her life. I know, and it was her family home before her and everything. It was her family home. It was the family home. Well, there you have it. You can have these layabouts and these scumbags who can ruin other people's lives. Without any, but, and the problem with that is there's no consequence for them because um, the guards clearly can't do anything without evidence. Um, the council won't really do anything um, because they'd find it impossible to prove it against them. And she'll have to get a transfer out of the estate. Well, you see, they, she owns her house, so she won't be able to get a transfer, you see. But the thing, ah, yeah, like, I mean, yeah. the thing is, well, I, I, I don't know, like, about um, the garage, like, I mean, even at this stage, you know, when she calls and they'll say, look, we'll get a call back later at such a time or whatever, they never call back, Neil. You know? But they, that crowd are probably telling the guards, we have no idea what you're talking about. This is harassment. Leave us alone. And if the guards yeah, can't prove it, they have to walk away. I know they can't. I'd say they know what's going on, Neil, though. You know what I mean? Because, like, I know they can't. Like, they do need concrete proof. But, like, I mean, I don't think they're making enough effort to get the proof. Yeah, years ago, back in the day, um, there was uh, a lot of this carry on on Leaside, and states took it into their own hands. And you had half a dozen fellas went round to a house like that. And gave them one final warning, you know. That probably doesn't happen anymore, I suppose, does it? 
probably not, but you know what? I can understand people taking the law into their own hands. And they, and they did. Yeah, They're and they did. Snail, you know? Yeah, and they did. And you can kind of understand why they would. If you were describing a scenario that involved maybe, say, a sister of mine or a parent of mine, uh, I probably would be tempted to sort Absolutely. things out myself would, with a couple of attitude adjusters, you know? Yeah, you know, I mean, if there was a man living next door to, to, to this family, like a big man, like we'll say, and he might not even have to be a violent person, and there's no way he'd be putting up with that. It, this is cowardly, like, really cowardly, you know, Neil. I think, you know, like preying on vulnerable people, you know, not saying... Well, you are right. This this is a woman living on her own. I'm I'm not saying that females are any way, shape or form the weaker sex, but what I am saying is that would they do it to a man, a big guy who was fit and well able to look after himself? No, because you know why? Because they're just cowards. They're just lazy layabout cowards. Yeah, totally, you know. Now, she's been on to the victim support um, as well there in Anglesey Street. Now, I think they're they might be trying to do something for her, but... Like what? Um, like what? The victims, but they were, I don't know, I don't know, but there again now, it, it's very slow, and they're saying, like, they have to get more information and kind of like more proof, I suppose, and... See, this crowd, they'd be very sly about it, you know? Um, I don't know how oh, you'd be able to... cute, very, very cute. The body language, like, if I walked up the passage myself, the body language, like, would tell you alone, you know? Um... And she, and she, she owns her own house, but they... Oh, you've seen them knocking around with a bit of a gatch about them, have you? Gatch about them, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're too cute to do anything, like, you know, they're then, you know, but I mean, at the same time, at the same time, like, you know, Neil, it's just, like, she is just absolutely out of her mind, you okay, okay, do they own their own house? No. No, uh, yeah, that doesn't no. surprise me. Yeah, everything they for nothing, know. the everything for nothing brigade, I suppose. It's just pure cowardly, like, really pure cowardly. I mean... I mean, I'm actually even a bit older than my aunt, and I would not put up with that. Like, have you said anything to them? I couldn't because she's terrified. I, I want to, and I actually, I, I really do. And like, you know, even for other family members, like, want to, you know, she's just afraid of the backlash. You know, Be totally. interested to see if anybody has been through something like this and managed to sort it out, and if so, so how? This is all she's been trying for years and years. Now, eleven years she's put up with this. 11 years no peace pushing up with this no peace god almighty no peace no peace no quiet and that's what she keeps saying to me all I want is peace do you know and like I'm I'm here and I'm saying do, do we have to wait until something seriously happens like that that she's going to be beaten up or something but like you know before there's anything done well about that this, doesn't you know? even have to happen it's bad enough that this just would continue as it is did you say she's got CCTV she did. She she got CCTV, and like you can see, you can see the times that he's there that he's been denying that. Like everything is deny, deny, deny lies, lies, lies. So, have you video footage of him on her property then? Um, you see, like I suppose to see TV, CCTV. I there is video footage of stuff being thrown there. Um, but what? from their own place. Do you know what I mean? Out the back of the the house there now, like where the wall was knocked. There, I don't. We don't have the CCTV footage of that, you know. But um, but you have footage uh, of them throwing things. Yes. So that's enough for it, prosecution, it, surely. It, it's actually not things. It's actually disgusting, foul. I, I you know, excrement like stuff like that, yeah, and more, yeah. So why are the guards sitting on their hands on that evidence? That is, it's disgusting, Neil. 
Absolutely okay. disgusting. And what Garda station are you uh, dealing with? Ronabraher. Oh, would Ron you mind if we gave them a bell and asked them, like, what are they We're doing? Delighted. And did they We're take delighted. the video footage away? I don't think they've even. I don't think they've even responded to it. All right. Okay. All right. Ah, yeah, it's, worth, yeah. It's, it's certainly worth a call or, or an email to ask them where they're at with that. She's had 11 years of torture. It would be great to get her rectified. Uh, because with, some, with something like that, that could be a prosecutable offence. That then could lead to the city council. Like, I, I wouldn't be giving council properties to people like that, would you? I, I would not indeed, Neil. And I tell you now, that's the one thing I was thinking. You know, they should put, like, a family like that, really, you know, um, into an estate like where there's somebody well able for them. Like, not into, uh, into innocent. Not at all. Sure, if you're found guilty of intimidating your neighbours, you're entitled to nothing. The book is shot yeah. on you. Out there, out, you know, you're no longer, you're no longer, you know, liar, you're no longer a responsible um, tenant. You, know, you, you just can't be. I know, they, I know yeah. they do move them, unfortunately, that happens. They do that with drug dealers, incidentally, that are found guilty of drug offences. In, in, I, I know, for instance, in county towns, that they move druggies from one county town council property to another county town council property. Yes, yes, I did it's hear ins- about that. It's insane. Yeah. All right, so Grona brought her guard station, okay. And let's... Grona let, brought let, her guard station, let, and she's constantly, constantly onto them. Um, okay, well, we'll give them a bell and see if they've seen that video evidence, because that could make all the difference. Be great, that would be and great. And also, if anybody's been through it, to how they uh, how they handled it themselves maybe they, I don't know whether you could take a civil action maybe we could find that out too she might be too afraid yeah. to do no, that no they, they, they are saying like if you say under, like under the GT, GDPR laws like in place um, to protect the, the victims it seems to be brushed, brushed aside you know where they're concerned <laughs> GDPR you know? what that they that they can't look at the footage well they're, they're not they're, they're not looking at it and they're not um, they're, they're, they're not just they're not getting involved in it and she's like hitting a brick wall every time, you know, that she contacts. But she's like, you anybody. can't, like, that's like saying that someone was raped and they have video footage of it and can't use it as evidence because of GDPR. That's nonsense. Absolutely. absolutely. If a crime's committed, you use the, GD, you use the, use the video footage as evidence. That's what I would have thought, yeah. All yeah. right. Okay, Let, let's see if anybody else has been through it. And uh, well, let's talk to Grona Brown and see what to say on the matter, Okay. Neil, thanks a million. Okay, Noreen, thanks. take care for now. Cheers. Thank you for highlighting it. Thank you. All right, lines open one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. You can text zero eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Talking about behavioural issues, I tell you one thing that really has changed for the better. Because on Saturday, Sunday morning, early. Oh, listen, if you have been through something like this, please get in touch, even anonymously, 0868104106 by text, email neil at redfm.ie. Sunday morning, I was down in Skull. It was a beautiful sunny day, and then I realised, oh my god. This pier is actually known as Club Piero. This was at like quarter to ten on a Sunday morning and there wasn't a piece of litter nor a bottle nor a can in sight. I actually wondered why that was. Was there no partying on Club Piero, which was world famous for it? Well, certainly famous across across Cork for big parties at night time in spite of COVID guidelines and regulations. And then I discovered that actually the reason why it's so clean is that there are people out there... Um, Making it so, and Julia's one of them joins me by phone. Julia, good morning. Good morning from a glorious skull. Uh, and it was glorious on Sunday too, and really the town looks beautiful and the market was terrific and there was a great buzz there. But you, you run a, a group called Little Angels, is it? Club Piero um, Little Angels. Well, it's not. It's part of Skull Tidy Towns. Um, as you know, the Club Piero is 
was very popular about six weeks ago and we had huge influxes of young people coming in and partying. So the call went out to, to help Skullside, you can't, um, with a whole bunch of volunteers to be my litter angels. And the response was great. And I have 25 or more people who come out every weekend and we do start at the, the pier, but we spread out throughout the village along all our foreshore walks. We pick up rubbish along the beaches, stuff that washes in and stuff that's left. And yeah, as you said, the village looks wonderful. Yeah, well, on Sunday morning, all I found on top of one of the walled ledge areas on the pier was one Corona bottle top and one Canadian bottle top. And that's what got me thinking. I said, my God, this place should be destroyed with litter. Has the partying stopped? I think certainly now that the restrictions are being lifted, um, we're not seeing such intense numbers of people down there. The parking is still going ahead. Um, more and more people are coming prepared. They come with their own bags. We have volunteers that if it looks like it's going to be a busy night, they will go out 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock with some bags and people are very welcoming. And, and you're, are you very happy to do that, cleaning up other people's mess? It has to be done if we don't do it it becomes a really major issue. So yes, it does have to be done. I'm I'm not sure that I'm happy about it. None of us are happy about seeing the rubbish, but we can't let it just lie around and sit there. Um, We're a little bit short on bins. So disposing of rubbish, no matter who you are, is is an issue. And we're very fortunate that we have bins that have been given to us by the film festival crowd that always put bins out during the festival and they've lent us their bins. So we are augmenting the county council bins with our own bins. And yeah, no, I'm not happy about the rubbish, but it has to be picked up. And is it true that a lot of young people are actually involved in the, in the cleanups? Cause we give them, they get enough grief yes. as it is. Yes. They, they're not out. I have to be honest. They're not out early in the mornings afterwards, but certainly during the evening hours and late into but at the height of Club Hero, there's a crowd of them that do wander around and they, they lead by example. They pick up stuff. They go and stack it clear, carefully over by the bottle banks. Mm. And that in itself is spreading, I think, that attitude. I think, like I say, more people are coming prepared. They're bringing their own bags. And we've even seen evidence that they've taken it away with them rather than just leaving it for us. To take well, it, it was immaculate on Sunday morning. So hats off to everybody who got involved in that cleanup because, uh, you know, the weather... Well, it's ongoing. Um, rubbish, it's not just a skull problem. It's it's an issue everywhere. Yeah, national know, problem of, of trying to stop the... Or maybe change the mindset of it's okay to toss your rubbish out of your car window. It's okay to drive up the countryside and dump stuff dump in like the hitchers. Yeah, and yeah. so if we can change It's okay that to bring a slab of cans or bottles and just leave them behind. It's okay to it's, have takeaway yeah. food and throw your junk yeah. on the ground. It's okay to crap on your own doorstep. You know. Well, we've got to make it easier to not crap on your own doorstep. Okay, I and mean, um, is it... Is it is, I was there, it was early in the morning when I was there, but I, I did notice that there was a lot of people in the, in the village. Uh, a busy summer? 
Busy summer. Wonderfully busy. Wonderfully busy. Yeah, it's great. And things are opening up and a lot of the businesses are now have wonderful outdoor dining um, facilities on Main and Street. And the it market's gorgeous, great. isn't it? Huge market selection. Is the market is fabulous. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We're very proud of uh, our market. And can I just ask you, just as a, an, an off topic, Netflix are dropping the Sophie Tusk and the Plantier documentary tonight. Jim Sheridan's one that's been on Sky. Do you think there's going to be a lot of inquisitive people who are going to be heading Skull Way after they maybe watch those documentaries? You're expecting... Uh, a lot more tourists. I, I have no idea whether people are going to feel moved to come down here. I hope they do because it's just glorious. Um, I hope they don't leave their rubbish behind. Um, no, I, I can't really. I don't know. All right, I'm you just want to yeah, 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 stay yeah. on point. Okay, good. Well done. Congratulations to all concerned. Beautiful, no, beautiful thank you, And thank you very much for highlighting it and come back and see us. Not so much on the high summer, but the autumn is lovely too, so come back and see us. Looking forward to it. Take care, Julia. Much obliged. You should pop down to the Beanie Box and bring a skiddy. Fab coffee, amazing locally sourced treats. All cold drinks from homemade lemonade to iced coffee and iced teas. And they give the kids free Mr. Freeze if they bring a bucket of rubbish back from the beach or a walk. Cindy is her name, and she's always got a smile. Isn't that a wonderful thing to do? The kids bring back a bucket of rubbish, they get a free Mr. Freeze. They're the long freezing pops that you get. Happy days on those ones, Mr. Freeze. Happy day they're still around. No, I did hear, I did hear before of uh, the Beanie Box. That's not the first time that I heard people talking about the wonderful food and drinks offering down in Ring of Skiddy. So word does travel, which is, which is fantastic. Keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. With regards to councils, she says, don't talk to me about councils. I live alone in a four-bedroom house in a county council estate in East Cork. Alone in a four-bedroom house. I have been trying desperately to downsize or to transfer to one of the eight empty one- and two-bedroom units in Middleton for over a year. I have so far failed in my efforts as Cork County Council housing executives have no interest in me and have no interest in transferring me. My four-bed house could become a permanent home for a family of six to eight people. Imagine that. Happy to transfer because you're all alone in a four-bedroom house and people are crying out for them. And you think that that could be done very quickly and very efficiently. You know, it could take an hour or two maybe to go through the paperwork to sort that. But you say that they're just not interested. Lines open at 1-850-104-106. To the phone lines we go. Uh, uh, Francis is holding, but Dave first. Dave, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you getting on? You've had enough and you're off to Gran Canaria. Well, you can go there in, in August, not a bother. I'll be going here in August, but you know, the way this, this government of ours keep changing their mind, you know, keep pushing the board. Well, this is probably one so, they can't because it's an EU-led July 19th. Oh, I, I know, yeah, yeah, but but still, you know, the way they do it, they might blackmail us. They, well, they might opt out. Do. Well, it's funny because they are saying, yeah. they are saying, yes, we will be um, incorporating the digital certificate for travel on the 19th. Yeah. Oh, but by the way, we're still recommending that people don't travel. <laughs> That's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, if they can recommend what they want, no, I'm out the door. Yeah, but you see, it no. won't be a crime. That's the good oh, thing. Oh, I know. Well, the, the, the crime has been committed in Dialy, or we're being run by a government that wasn't even elected, you know? I didn't elect this government at all. They just come all together and not, not leave Sinn Féin run the, the country, and that's what it is. Like, yeah, so, yeah. And they're yeah. dictating what, what goes on in, like, you know? But 
they keep forgetting. Like, in, it'll be probably next year, I'd say, or the next year, as Tommy was saying, uh, these guys will be knocking at doors, canvassing for votes because they won't stick, it, they won't stick each other much longer. But the lads in there, they won't be going out looking for votes at all. No, no, no. Meanwhile, no, meanwhile no. half the restaurants in the, in the, in the country, the on cop cities, will be on their knees, gone in, well into the raid, trying to keep their, like, they've all food and drinks ordered, like, you know, but yet you can do what you want in a hotel. It's just not fair. I, I think that the left, the left hand is not telling what the right hand what's going on the well. Now, you're going to go on the 7th yeah. of August fully vaccinated? Yeah. I'll be getting my second jab on Saturday. Yeah, so we'll be fully jabbed. Yeah, the two of us. And then you'll get this vaccination green certificate travel pass on your phone or whatever the case may be and yeah. where you go and you won't have to you won't have to isolate when you come back or anything like that no 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 yeah. no so to be honky door I think the kids um, kids under 12 are okay um, we'll have one for like we 12 and a half so he needs the the PCR test I think yeah That's and it. is this a deferred holiday from last year where you were last trying to get year, a yeah, refund from Ryanair or anything like that yeah I spoke to last year we supposed to play all on the 7th of July uh, for the month and then Again, the flight went out. We, 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 about two weeks before we moved it, but it cost us 550 euros to move it until July of this year. And in January, we got a, an email that said that there will be no flights from Cork. You can have a refund or, um, or move it again. So we said, look, we took the refund. And they got the whole lot back. We paid the initial 1650 so, and the extra 550. We got the whole lot back within seven days straight into the account. How are you getting to Gran Canaria? Uh, you can fly from Shannon. You mean there's Ryan no Air there's no Ryanair like where are Ryanair flying out of Cork? Uh, they're not flying out of Cork this year because of some dispute they have, you know. I know, but uh, which, that, yeah, but yeah. It won't, surely in August they'll have something going, will they not? No, not not to Grand, not to Grand Canary. They won't. No, no. Um, they're flying from from Shannon and they're flying from Dublin. You okay. can fly, at the moment you can fly three flights a week with Aer Lingus to Grand Canaria from Dublin. Yeah, but you know? your vouchers are Ryan there, so you have to go to Shannon and do that. And you're happy to do it. Oh, happy to do it. Yeah, it's. it's I mean, we got we got an early. Uh, we only paid a couple of hundred quid for the flight, you know. And um, my brother lives over there as well, so there's no there's no hassle. I haven't seen him now. It'll be over two years, like so. It's time to to crack on now. Like, it's time you know. to get on with your life. And do you think a lot yeah, of I people, guess. particularly with the announcement of yesterday, will now decide to not bother with the staycation? Can't be arsed looking for an outside table. Well, Neil, to, to be true, no, Neil, I, I couldn't afford to go on holidays here. We'd, we'd done a small couple of days last year. And I mean, it was absolutely ridiculous money. Absolutely ridiculous. And then you book into a hotel. What time do you want your breakfast at? What time do you want your dinner at? What time do you even know? What time? Yeah, but, you, so, yeah, but you'll honest, have to do that in a hotel holidays, in Spain as well. We all have to get breakfast times and book dinner times. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. But no, in, in the Canaries, you don't. You just walk up to a restaurant. I'm having dinner now. Or I'm having a pint now. Or, you know. Whereas in a hotel here, we stayed in Ross Cabri, beautiful hotel, but seven and eight for dinner, that's it. Or uh, nine to half nights, or nine to ten for breakfast. I, can, I want to have breakfast, man, holidays, whenever, whatever time I want to have yeah, breakfast. You, if you, you know? want to have a late breakfast, you want to be able to do yeah. that, rather than saying, uh, well, yeah. we have only half eight available, or whatever, yeah, I know. I yeah, know, that's I no know. good, that's not a holiday, you know, that's, that's more of a sentence, really, and you're, and you're paying out for the, the nose in for it. I couldn't justify the money, mate. All right, pal. Listen, uh, if I don't get to talk to you, have a great break. Enjoy it in August. It's a while off yet, but it's something nice to look forward to. Take care. Francis. Good morning, Neil. Oh, you sound as if you're in great form down in Alahy's. Haven't great weather. Why wouldn't I be? Oh, my God, you're blessed. So this is a great week to be on holidays. The weather is terrific. It's absolutely fantastic. We couldn't have asked for more. What did you get down there? Are you in a caravan park? Are you in a mobile home or a house or what? We got a house. We got a house and there's 15 of us all together. There's nine adults and seven children. We haven't met 
they're all just my immediate family. We haven't met since COVID, so we're all together having the lols on holidays. Do you pay much money for that, do you mind me asking? Oh my God, a guard wouldn't ask me that. No, that was... I'm very saucy, aren't I? <laughs> no, I'd be giving away state secrets if I left that out. Well, you're certainly getting the weather. You're blessed with the weather. Oh my goodness, we had to go out yesterday and buy a swimming pool for the children. <laughs> to cool them down. Don't even talk to me about that. I have a fucking inflatable swimming pool at home and I'm trying to get a pump for it. Have you a pump for it? Oh, we, you see, we brought down blow-up beds so we were well equipped. No, this the... is a filter pump to filter the water. It's, you can't, they're impossible to buy here. And oh, you know some oh no. you can't get it's anything on Amazon.co anymore. Is anybody any, you know, explanation for that? Every everything that you used to buy stuff from Amazon on, they're saying we no longer deliver to Ireland. It's in, it's insane. But you see, we're like slave drivers. We have the seven children with sieves out of the kitchen, sieving the stuff out of the pool. No, you need to get a filter pump for that. Well, Neil, we're only here for a week. <laughs> you're lucky enough, fool. <laughs> but anyway, have you been to Garnish? Have you been to Dursey? Have, have you been on the cable car? We have been to Garnish and we've been to Atlee's Beach, which was absolutely gorgeous. We're thinking of doing the cable car shortly, but we want to do the Jersey boat trip. That's brilliant as well. That's and brilliant as well. we're thinking of heading down, now we've been cooking ourselves, but we're thinking of heading down to Unease tonight for food. Is that good? I don't know, are they able for us? Oh, it looks good. Well, every time we pass, it is packed. Well, listen, and when you go when you go to Jersey uh, and go out on the cable car, Make sure that you're hungry when you come back because Murphy's have a fantastic deli there just at the cable car. You know, big, oh, big, really? big takeaway fish and burgers, the best fish and chips you'll ever had. And they oh, got, a, and next to it, they've got a whippy van. It's just brilliant. You'll love it. <laughs> Listen to me, Neil, while I have you on the phone. Could you say hello to my mother, Breda Hogan? She was supposed to be on holiday with us, but unfortunately, she's in the Mercy Hospital. All right. Well, listen, that so she may get well you, soon. You m- yeah, you met her before at uh, the Supermom's party. Okay, well, listen, our yeah. thoughts on her for her this morning that she'll get well soon and get out and you'll all be reunified. Listen, have a great week down west. You really are getting ah, the weather. Thanks so much, Neil. Thank you. All right, take, take care, care now. Cheers bye. for now. Take care. Bye. Bye. Right. Bye. Um, with regards to, let's see if I can get a few of these on the air. We've got 400 euro vouchers every day, courtesy of ourselves, and Living Dreams Furniture and Bedding. They're down in Little Island, just behind the NCT, open every day, 11 to 4, Monday to Saturday, and Sunday afternoons, 2 to 5. So, quite an amount on this. Um, uh, I want you to share your dreams with me. Um, if you want to do it by text, that's perfectly well. But the idea is to try and get you on the air. Also, if you want to do it by email, that's grand too, neil at redfm.ie. But include a mobile phone number so that I'll be able to get in touch with you and get you on the air. So we'll pick up on that and lots more besides after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Okay, dreams. About a year before my sister got married, I had a dream that I was three months pregnant at her wedding. I rang her and as I was youngish, she laughed and told me, be extra careful then. Anyway, cut a long story short, I got caught and was exactly 12 weeks pregnant on the day she got married. Some might say it was a self-fulfilling prophecy, but it definitely wasn't. As it turned out, it was the best dream ever. You had a premonition that came true. Another one here, weird or freaky or what? When my father was in his 20s, he kept having a dream that he would wake up, that that the dream would wake him up. 
that someone in his family would die when they turned 40. His brother died on the night of his 40th birthday party. I mean, hard to believe, but you know, these, I'm assuming that what you're telling me is 100% accurate. This one I absolutely love. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it was a dream or what. But James Ahern says, Last night I dreamt I died and went up to heaven. St. Peter said, What are you doing here? You were the worst sinner on earth. Go back down and do some more penance. I came back down and I met Neil and I told him what St. Peter said. Neil told me, go back and tell St. Peter that you know me. As in, you know Neil. I went back and Peter said, do you know Neil Prendival? And I asked, did you ever listen to his radio show? And he said, yeah. Oh, sorry, let me get this right. Peter said, do you know Neil Prendival? And asked, did you ever listen to his radio show, says St. Peter? I said, yeah. I listen to him every day. St. Peter said, come on in, so you did enough penance. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I don't think it was a dream, but I like it. It's a good story nonetheless. One of the most vivid dreams I remember having was a few years ago. In the dream, I'm in a big city like New York with big buildings. But in the dream, the buildings are double the size. There are lights, but they're very dim. The feeling I had was so much foreboding in the dream. I'm running, being chased by a shape that looks like a human. Then I turned down an alley, which seems to be going on for miles. So I'm running down the alley and it's getting close to me. I see the alley is bricked up and the black shape is catching me. Eventually, this shape is looming over me with a large butcher's knife ready to strike. But this is where my dream world meets the real world. As my wife sees me moaning and thrashing in the bed, so she leans over and wakes me. However, in the dream, the black shape is over me and strikes at me with a knife. But in the real world, my wife reaches out to wake me. I grab my wife's arm and she gives a shout. Then I wake exhausted and frightened. I wonder, is that a recurring one? You say you had it a few years ago. Usually you can, you can trace a dream like that to something going on in your life, they say. I wonder, was it a one-off or was it recurring? Anyway, to the phone lines we go. Phil, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. Beautiful day. A lovely day. I hope you're enjoying it. You've been in hospital, yeah? I was. No, it was last year. It was last August. And I had a very bad experience. And when I came out of hospital... I kept having, well, not really nightmares. And I was in this room, it was all white. And there was no door. And there was these heads, nobody, just heads. Some of them, they were all white. Some of them had two eyes, and others just had an eye in the middle of their forehead. Weird. And uh, they kept, you know, passing me and just knocking against me. Skulls like, is it? Skulls, yeah. Skulls. There was nobody, just heads. And as I said, one, some of them had two eyes and some of them just had one eye in the middle of their forehead. And I can't, didn't say how I got out of it. And then there was all these rocks and there was a stone building and there was a ledge and I said, right, if I get to the other side, I'll be safe. And I was walking along the ledge and I was doing great. And I came to a corner and the next thing, the ledge was only about six inches. And I knew I wouldn't be able to, to go over that. Oh, God. terrified of heights. And is that, a, re- is that a recurring dream? You're getting this all of the time? Oh, absolutely. And absolutely. do you fall in it? Do you fall from a height? Uh, 
No, I don't fall because I'm terrified. I'm stuck to the rock. I'm holding on to the rock. I can't go back because I'm so pet because I'm scared of water and heights. They're my two biggest fears. And how does it end up, the dream? It ends up and I'm screaming and I have two dogs, uh, Neil, and they have their beds in my bedroom. I know, I know a lot of people probably would say, my God. No, not at all. That's your own business. So you scream and they end up barking you. Barking, yes. And that's what woke And that up. wakes you. And it's not it's not related to medication that you're on or anything like that? Oh, no, 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 no. And it was night after night after night. And when I woke, oh my God. I was soaking wet and I had to get out and put on another pyjamas on me because the sweat just poured out through me. It was just so horrific. So whether it had something to do with my experience in the hospital, I don't know. Be afraid to go to sleep, wouldn't you? Oh, honest to God, I was. And and I didn't go to sleep. I stayed downstairs and I sat up because I was. I mean, especially these heads that were coming towards me. I know, I know, I know. I know, it's terrible. I hope... I couldn't find the door. I hope it passes. I really do. Phil, if you don't mind, I just want to get one more on the air, if you don't mind. I hope it works out for you and that they, did, that they go away as quickly as they arrived. Laura. Hello, good morning. I hear you're heading to Donegal on your holes, are you? We are. We're in the car at the moment. We're heading up to Bundoran for a week. All right. All okay, well, I won't keep you. Share your dream. Well, this dream was when I was about 10 years of age and um, my mother had gone away for a few days and my father had us all at home and I got bit by a dog. And my brother was sent to the nurse at me and to get the injection there at the tetanus and stuff. And my father had said to him, don't mind her, she's going to be a bit drowsy afterwards. And we went down and my brother saw the needle flaked out in the ground, I had to carry him home. But at, at that night, I was aside in bed and it was a recurring dream that uh, a dog the size of a horse kept chasing me. Hang on a second, uh, the size of a horse? Yeah, yeah. He was huge. He was out to the small little Jack Russell thing that bit me in real life. But the dream was that he was huge and he was chasing me and chasing me and I was trying to get bit. And it was happening for a couple of nights. And I, I said to my sister, I said, Jesus, I said, I'm having an awful nightmare. I said, do you ever get nightmares like that? And she told me she dreams in cartoons. <laughs> that must oh, be such... In cartoons. That must be such I, fun for a kid to dream in cartoons. <laughs> being chased by a dog the size of a horse and your daughter has happy dreams in cartoon form. Has, your sister yeah, and my apologies. Yeah, happy dreams in cartoon form for years and years and years. <laughs> it was absolutely mad. Does, she still, have, have, does she still have cartoon dreams? No, I think when she was in her teenage years they kind of left her but um, we were always wondering she was always fast in bed and she was always up bright and early nice and cheerful. So she never had cartoon characters chasing her. You know, like some of them were, were quite violent, Tommy I Jerry and stuff like I that. Don't, I don't think so. No, I think they're all nice, happy, happy dreams. <laughs> so between your brother being flaked out at the doctors and your daughter, your sister, I should say, dreaming in cartoons and you being chased by giant dogs the size of horses. I don't think, yeah, I don't think my mother was allowed to go away again because <laughs> I thought it was mine. <laughs> oh, it wasn't his fault he got bit by a dog now, in fairness. No, no, I wasn't. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to give you a 400 euro voucher for oh your sister. Oh, 
very much for my sister. No, she's still talking. She's talking to help the car <laughs> Whether you funny. give the voucher to your sister or not is your own business, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can I give a shout out to my son, Stephen, in the back of the car? It's his birthday. Hey, happy birthday all off to Bondoran. You're going yeah. to get some good weather the next few days. Please. We got a great deal up there too, Neil. So we, we just were staying up in um, the Hollywood Hotel for the week where the four of us and dinner, bed and breakfast, an evening meal and it was 1,400 euro. For the week? So, for the week. For the whole lot of you. How many of you? Yeah, four of us, two adults and two teenagers. That's well. The teenagers will eat that in food anyway. No bother. Well, well listen, see, that was it, yeah, the yeah. Donegal people are so friendly and so welcoming. You they're will love. Lovely, they right. really are. Okay, four, a four hundred. Enjoy it. A four hundred euro voucher for Living Dreams. Congratulations for you and your Thank sister you with dreams and cartoons. Me. Cheers. Take care. <laughs> Keep those dreams coming. We'll spend some more time on it tomorrow. Email Neil at redfm.ie. Make sure you also give me your mobile number or text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six and another four hundred euro voucher to give away in the morning. Our lines will stay open. Have a good day. Enjoy the sunshine. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.